Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show. And tonight, it's the ABCD call-in show. So that means if you're in the queue, as long as you're anyone but a cis dude, you're welcome to call in. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait till next Sunday. We don't want to have to flush you down the toilet. Um, we got to get the toilet sound effects. I'm going to put that on my to-do list now. Uh, the number to dial is 614-655-3887. As always, Street Fire Radio takes calls every Sunday night, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can find the show on all of your podcasting apps, whether that's Spotify, Google Play, Apple, iPod, iTunes app, whatever it is. I don't know the name of it anymore. Just podcast, I think. But... We're also live streaming on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. We need more people to subscribe on Twitch, actually. We can get partner status if we get more live viewers on Twitch. So we're going to start pushing that. Uh, if you can, watch the show over on t- Twitch. Uh, you'll be able to chat with everybody. we got a unified chat for all of the live show people. So watch it where you want, but Twitch is the big push right now. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We're going to be live in your city. And we're going to be live in Columbus, Pittsburgh, uh, Florida, New York City, Philadelphia, Portland, Maine, Boston, Massachusetts. That's all. All that information is available at streetfightradio.com. Go get, get your tickets now. Um, we need it to reserve all of the rooms and the bus and all of that stuff. So if you got it, the money now, you can buy your ticket and it helps us fund the trip. And then there's always, as always, uh, discount tickets available. So if you can't afford a full price ticket, um, we'll get someone else to take care of it. So that way you can get into the show. Tonight is the ABCD call show, like I said, and we have a very special quest. Uh, quest. We have a very special it's guest. It's also a quest, though. Very special quest. Make it through the show. You know what I mean? They were like, uh, like this married with bad or like, like dirty, like dirty goes and too edgy <laughs> and it goes too far. Right. And I would watch it and Al Bundy would always be like, ah, I don't like, want to have sex. Yeah. And, like, ew, my hot wife. Yeah. Like, I never understood it. I agree. And I was just like terrified that I was going to get old and get a wife and be like, I don't want to have sex with her. <laughs> Run and, away from your horny, we'll go yeah, hide from your horny yeah. wife somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, um, I did. W- I was watching it the other night just to see what it was all about again, and uh, it made it took me back old days. They don't. They can't do that anymore. They can't no. make a show like that. No, was I was it's weird. It's great also to see like I love that show because everything in their house was like fucking used furniture. Like there was nothing new on that set. They lived in such a beat up, well worn house, which. You don't get that on any television shows anymore. I never saw like the messy house that I grew up on TV ever again. Oh yeah, I wouldn't say it was like believable, but like it was very like set the bar, like very average. Like you didn't feel bad about yourself watching Married with Children. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> in like, the oh, Darcy's house, nice. the Darcy's house wasn't that nice either. You know what I mean? Like they were supposed to be like the rich people and you go in their house and it just looks like a regular old person's house. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it what nobody was like super rich in that show, which was nice, you yeah. know. And they were always pissed off about a bill. Guys, <laughs> you know, I, I swear I remember so many episodes of that show where it was just like we, you know, we got to pay this bill. Oh well, yeah, and, and he hated his job. He I mean, Al hated his job so much. He, did. he hated his life. He hated his life. Horny wife. Uh, I don't know. He wanted Steaming to watch son. Like, yep. He wanted to watch TV. Is what he wanted to do, yeah. which is like a lot of us really wouldn't mind like 
an hour to just watching TV. Your favorite show. You know, when you have kids and you're married, which is what the premise of that show is. And you don't have a cell phone. <laughs> and you don't have a cell phone. But no, let's even just say it now. Like, how often do you get to sit down and watch like two hours of TV without first you have to do the thing where you like have to figure out what's the watch that everybody agrees on or that two people agree on? And I don't then, think Al wouldn't care what anybody else was watching, though. Huh? Al didn't I care know. about. Right. That's what I wanted. I want to not care what other people want to watch. He He's wants to watch football. And that's what he's watching. And if you want to fucking watch the TV in the house, well, football's on. You can sit with Al and watch the football. That's how my dad ran things. Yeah. Well, I don't run things like that, dude. It also seemed like everyone else got the luxury of sitting around to watch TV all day. And he just was like working hard, pedaling shoes. And he just wanted to come home and That's unload. True. Al Bundy like, I understand. Wor Al Bundy worked hard. He hated putting those shoes on them. Women. He hated yeah. everybody's foot. <laughs> he hated every woman's that came into that store to buy shoes. Like that was another great thing about it is him just coming home and being mad about having to do the shoe thing at the end of at yeah. the end of the day. If he walked in from work, he was just like this fucking woman came in there with these huge feet. But it, the the premise was always that, and I don't believe this stereotype. Here's something I've learned. I, let me throw this way back. Let me go way back into this. Okay. First, I was shopping with my daughter earlier in the week, right? You throw it way back to earlier in the week. And me and my wife, earlier in the week, we're shopping. I got some clothes. So, you know, I, I, bought, I buy them online. But uh, my wife wanted some clothes and my daughter wanted some clothes. And we went and we looked at pants and stuff like that and shoes. And Close. like for the first time I considered somebody else other than me. And I said to them, buying clothes for a woman seems like fucking hell <laughs> because everything's got to be cut. So fucking weird. And, and it's just like the, the, the thing that's been set up for us is that like, doesn't really matter how they fit, really, to tell you the <laughs> truth. I mean, you know, if the, if you put the clothes on and they fit around your waist and your sh and the, the shirt doesn't go down to your knees, people are going to be like, oh, he's dressed like a dude. You well, know yeah, what I mean? It's uh, they put they give you a tent for the top, just cover the top, <laughs> and then they take a square piece of denim and they cut it down the middle for legs, and then that's the the pants. I know. <laughs> there's, there's that's no, what I was thinking. So no Al curvy curvy guys can't win when it comes no, to jeans. No, no, so guys. so Al Bundy would be. So so fucking furious because women came in and they ask for smaller shoes than their size mm. but it's like i'll bet you the women's shoes are also a pain oh, yeah, in the ass to fit you know mm -hmm. like yeah. it feels like all the clothes in the world first of all men people say that men like don't care about their clothes or don't care as much about their clothes as women but the thing is men just have easiest job buying clothes it's so easy there are almost no expectations when it comes to us for women i just it feels like they make everything hard for them oh, yeah. you know you have to know your inseam and your measurements off the top of your head if you want to buy online 
But that's like that could be said about I don't know I don't know what your experience is like buying. No, you offline. just have to know your waist. In uh, yeah, my world. I know my whole measurements because I <laughs> have to buy offline. Uh, eight and a half wide, in case anyone's wondering for shoes. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all super complicated for women. But uh, it's weird. I don't I don't understand why they do. Like I don't understand why they have to do forty seven different shapes of jeans. Like, and I know that's a capitalism thing. That's mm-hmm. not like women demanding something like that. No. <laughs> but you do not see 40... Di- you don't see a bunch of different cuts of jeans when you well, go in the men's section, right? I have well, a lot to do. Oh, I was going to say they don't ever do it also where they're like, those jeans you liked before, we're not making them anymore. <laughs> they're not cool. Like <laughs> they're not fucking fashionable. It's time for pencil stick jeans or whatever it is. Matchstick jeans. Yeah, matchstick jeans. It's boot boyfriend cut, jeans. Yeah, boy, boot cut jeans. Or everybody's going to have to wear those. Mom yeah. jeans. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, don't, I, I feel for them. I do. I used to get so mad at my wife like when we were first together because she would always be like, I got to get new clothes. And I'd be like, what's wrong with all the clothes you got? And then she would go to buy stuff and it would take her for fucking ever to find something. So I'm in the store with her because I was Al Bundy at that time. It was, I was kind of like that. I was like the, I was like a, like a, a version of Al Bundy that was like, my wife's going shopping for clothes. Grumpy. I gotta go with her. Yep. You know, (laughs) they give you the little, they give you the little husband chair that they put right by the fitting room. I actually bought, we were at Dress Barn and they're going out of business. So we bought two of the husband chairs that were in the dressing room because it was a really good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. I mean, there's parts embedded from years and years of husbands and sons, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would go with her and stand around while she shopped and I would be like shaking with anger because whenever I would go, it was like, I'm looking for a 2X t-shirt and a pair of size 36 jeans or pants. And that's all I need. Yeah. That's all the information I need to know if it's going to fit. And it will fit. It will go on. I don't I even have to try it on. Yeah. And then she would have to be going in and out trying stuff on. I, I just remember being like, God, why do you fucking have to try everything on? Yeah. Erica is um, gets defeated very quickly. She will go and do it for about eight minutes. And like, she's like, I hate this. I'm like, isn't it like. Cindy Lopper supposed to start playing and like you're running around here trying all this stuff and you're like no it makes me every time I put something on I feel bad about it myself takes, <laughs> it takes one pair of jeans that doesn't go slide, slide right up that you're yeah. just like fuck man I mean I just ugh. yeah my life is out of control <laughs> yeah and also it doesn't help like the mirrors in the dressing rooms are always like fun house mirrors and you're just like oh god I gained 20 pounds in the last five minutes yes it's hard to like yeah. <laughs> feel good in that situation yeah Katie used to tell me like that because like you do if you watched pop culture in the 80s 90s even early 2000s who would like believe that women be shopping that was like their favorite thing to do but that was because men were writing because they would go shopping and they would be there an extra long time because the women were like actually trying stuff on because you have to see how it fits so they would write these whole things where it's like, oh, these women, they shop eight hours a day. And it's like, it's <laughs> why did you go? Uh, that's always been with me. It's like, why did you go? You know, yeah. I'm a very big proponent nowadays mm-hmm. of if you don't want to be somewhere, don't go. Like, don't yeah. go to a place you don't want to go. And you know what? When it comes to in-laws, okay, <laughs> Rachel is actually my niece so i i am allowed to say this stuff oh yeah uh when it comes to in-laws 
you don't have to have a relationship with them to be married to their partner, yeah, their yeah, person. And, sure. and, and like, it took me a very long time to learn that if I go over to that house <laughs> and I'm miserable, that gets, that nobody's happy in that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if I stay home 99% of the time, and then you obviously you have to go over there sometimes. You go over there one percent of the time. You don't and go then, there one time. They're like, "Oh, where were you last time? We missed you." Yeah, but that's fine. I can handle that. That's a good part of conversation that doesn't have like racism or anything in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, it just pisses me off. I'm just like, my car is older than me. Like, I'm I barely get to my job. Like, I'm not fucking driving two hours out. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm well, gonna get a ride just, when I can, and you're gonna be grateful. I yeah. think for me, it's just very hard to like. I think for me, it's like. A lot of people get in relationships where there are these things set up, right? Mm-hmm. So when when me and Katie first started dating, mm-hmm. we hung out at her parents' house every single Sunday. The whole family would go over to her parents' house every single Sunday. Now, you were a very young kid, mm-hmm. so you probably didn't know that I was miserable all of the time when I was there. Because I didn't act miserable. Because why would I? But I mean, you were fun. Every Sunday, right before we went over there, I complained the entire time until we knocked on the door. (laughs) I don't blame you. I really don't, though. I mean, obviously, like, I didn't start getting wise to it until I was older because I was a kid. And I was like, what I knew. But the more I get to know them as an adult, it's just super unsettling and kind of it's scary. weird it's weird seeing your grandparents in like that different way once you get a little it's older because so yeah. you're just like oh sweet grandma's has this weird thing against native americans i'm just like <laughs> yeah what the fuck grandma grandma, grandma gra- what the fuck grandma posted a thing earlier this week about um uh socialism uh, uh she posted that uh she posted V-Day mm-hmm. in Times Square, mm-hmm. and it said, does anybody remember when we all gathered together as a world to defeat socialism? Now these kids are trying to vote for it. So <laughs> that's a bad opinion, Grandma. Grandma yeah. also loves to post that Irish people were once slaves. That's great. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Italian people love to pull that card, too. I think it's the dumbest shit ever. I'm like, you're fucking white. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, so, Rachel, you are a youth correspondent here. You born and raised in Columbus. Yes. For the most part. Yeah. You, what's your day to day? Like what's what your, what's your, uh, day to day. I work a lot. I work retail. Um, okay. it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's you don't have to say that to these people. Yeah. It's you can, a living. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I get to work with makeup, so that's fun because I actually do like that aspect. Um, the retail part, it can suck my butt, but, um, yeah, like dealing with customers. Yeah, it's a living. Did you did you like was your thing like I want to do makeup for no. a job and then got the job there or did you get the job there and decide you like doing makeup? I decided that I didn't want to oh, I didn't want to be food service anymore. So that was like my main thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big move in a person's decision. Yeah. I worked <laughs> Where did at, you start? Yeah, yeah. Oh god. I've worked several food service jobs. I've been a job hopper because our unreliable rides and all that shit. But a lot oh. of food service. I served. I worked um Canes was my last job before Sephora. And How's Canes? Oh, Raising Canes. How Canes is. Okay. It's a it's like a cult. <clears throat> 
They make you um, memorize all this shit about like the founder and the original store and they quiz you on it and you have to know the, f the four pillars of service and you have to <laughs> learn um, the way that the book says to cook the food step by step and they quiz you on that shit too mm -hmm. and they treat you like a lazy fuck if you don't want to give your life to them i guess <laughs> yeah. basically can you <laughs> can you imagine asking somebody what were they paying oh god i think i got like 975 so you're paying somebody 975 an hour and you want them to know the founder of the company oh i wanted <laughs> them to suck my ass so hard and it just yeah once i got into sephora and they hired me on after seasonal i was like yeah. So, Kane, what was your worst one? What was your worst food service job? Um, was it Kane's? It was Kane's. Didn't you? Just because, uh, can I ask, did you start at McDonald's? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's <laughs> first me. First job, yeah. That's a first job McDonald's crew. It was super crew. fun, though, because I worked with all my, uh, like my high school friends. So yeah. So, it was hella fun. We just fucked around all the time. The managers just wanted to, like, smoke weed with their employees and be liked. It was the <laughs> best. And I didn't appreciate it at all. I was like, fuck this. I hate working. Um, <laughs> I had it easy. I didn't pay rent. Um, Seventeen-year-old Ray was a dumb, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a great job, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, that's been my experience. That was like in my early working days, from like probably sixteen to like twenty-five or whatever. It was just almost like it didn't matter if it paid seven dollars an hour as long as it was like a good time to be there. Because like I was telling Gwen yesterday, we were. We were kind of bullshitting and we drove by the pizza shop mm. in our neighborhood, Granddad's Pizza. <laughs> and uh, she was like, ah, oh, you know, everybody that works in there goes to my school. And I was like, and she they say, <laughs> and she's like, it's the most fun place mm -hmm. to work in the neighborhood. And I'm like, pizza shops are fun. Mm -hmm. It's like people don't talk. People don't like want you to know about it. But when you work at a pizza shop, if you don't have to pay your rent, working at a pizza shop is truly the best group of people to work with in the world <laughs> i mean you remember like everyone in our family at one point worked at angela's pizza uh yeah. in uh on like not core right that's where yeah yeah i worked the there yeah. yeah i worked uh, there it was so fun it was super fun for me i didn't even work there but i was there all the time yeah both my parents worked there and they'd let me fucking like throw napkins and shit around and yeah and it, it's <laughs> DJ just was there all the time so mcdonald's was like your most fun yeah kind of mi my most fun minimum wage job I was making five dollars an hour. God, do I was what? working at a golf course as a dishwasher, right? That's like so, five dollars an hour. It was five dollars an hour. I also, it was two years, and I asked for a raise, and they turned me down the second year, which was like you can't give me five. I feel like if you show up to a fucking dishwashing job, they should give you everything because yeah. those jobs are so hard to keep. Well, <laughs> here's the thing about the dishwashing job. There was like the rules were. If there were no dishes, you didn't have to work. So, like, if there were no dishes, dirty dishes back there, there was a little table in a little back room with a newspaper and a radio on it, and you could just sit there and smoke cigarettes at that table. You didn't even have to leave the building or anything, and you could just sit there and do it. So, it really was, like, a couple years before I got the job there, Jason and a bunch of our friends were working there, and they fucked it up for everybody because they were getting high all the time at work, and she had to fire all of them. <laughs> but then, as they started to hire us back, though, it was kind of like the whole job was basically hanging around in the back room, playing, drawing Hitler mustaches on people in the newspaper and smoking. Yeah. And it was just kind of like this. It was all my friends, and we were just having fun. We got to go fuck around on... um 
on uh, golf carts. We were stealing beer out of the beer cooler all the time and steaks and shit yeah. like that. So <laughs> that would be my best like minimum wage gig. What was yours, Brett? Uh, Do you have one? I don't know. I guess when I, I worked at All-Star Cafe at the mall because we were able to trade food for like credits at other stores and... I had access to the secret tunnel behind the mall, so I was able to steal shit. <laughs> also able to sneak into like arcade after hours. So I like that one a lot. You see movies like crazy. We could just we would just give like an usher a free meal, and then we could get movie tickets where that's we wanted. Smooth. Yeah, that's that, cool. that, see, that. Your mall's not that cool. No. You gotta work. You There's gotta no movie theater. Locks their doors, so I can't steal shit. Um, uh, and there's cameras everywhere, so I, I guess want that. I guess also when you're working retail and you're actually selling something, like if you're selling makeup, you can't trade. They don't oh, do no. trades. Yeah, like they that. did that at Canes though. Like Andrianicos would trade with us all the time. Yeah. and also I had a friend who worked there who was super hot and some guy at uh late night cookie place oh insomnia insomnia he would bring like vegan cookies and like cookies for everyone all the time just because he wanted her pants it was awesome all right that's great so much weight yeah um so how so are the your co-workers they're about just the same age as you younger people they or, range yeah um i think my best friend there is like a 43 year old mom okay so <laughs> yeah awesome. that's a range who yeah. they voting for yeah say what's the what's oh, the temperature on hella liberal bernie all the way the whole the <laughs> yeah. whole place oh no i mean yeah basically it's a very like lgbt friendly like all people are welcome kind of place like you wouldn't want to be a trumper working there you wouldn't last long we'd bully you the fuck out <laughs> okay okay yeah like not to say it straight up but we would we'd be bitchy yeah, and you of course you're bernie bros yeah bernie bros yeah we're <laughs> that's bernie what we bros. do bernie bros we fucking hate people and we'd be mean to i was thinking i posted that the other day i said you know back when i first, when street fight first started when i first started really going head to head with conservatives they would always say like Oh well, I guess the left isn't as tolerant as they say they, they are, and I was like, and I was like, they've stopped saying that because they now know we're all a bunch of assholes. Why yeah. should, they're never nice to us. Why should we be nice back? Is how yeah. I fucking see it. I yeah. mean, like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not nice. I mean, they just know we're not nice now. I mean, it fucking uh, for a period there, they thought tolerance meant nice. Stop being yeah. like passive and yeah. like yeah. no, not, not me, the baby. truth. No, I'm mean. I'm... I I'm mean as a junkyard dog. <laughs> so I did go canvassing on Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How did, how did that go? It was great. And I got to say, you probably should have went this time because when it was down to just Biden and Sanders, it was very easy to make that argument. I didn't have to like to talk to any Pete Buttigieg people. <laughs> I mean, no. the Warren people would have been the hard ones, right? They're still the hard I ones. Heard, <laughs> yeah, I heard. I did hear this one horror story. A guy came back. This guy... He was new and he agreed to do it by himself. Oh. And he said the first the first one was a Warren woman and was she was absolutely unhinged and said she was just unloading on him all this stuff. And he was like, and I know all my Bernie trivia. So I was giving her just honest responses. I was saying, he was like, I told her Hillary Clinton was a nice candidate. And he's like, I he's like, and I don't believe that. I was, I said, I you know, I was telling her everything and, and she was mad. And he said that her daughter came and, uh, saw the Bernie thing and was like, Bernie, woohoo, when she ran by. And then later in the conversation, the husband also said, Bernie, and put his <laughs> hands up. But she was talking down to him and she got bigoted as hell because dude's not from this from the United States. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you're out here peddling socialism because it didn't work where you're from. <gasps> 
Yeah, yeah, it was real fuck. And she said, "I know all of my neighbors. They're not going to vote for socialism. So you can just get out of here." You know, and she was just well, the people in her house were going to vote for socialism. Yeah. yeah, he said he said it felt like a kick in the nuts. That he was just like so demoralized. But then he said the rest of the block there was lots of Bernie supporters. Mm-hmm. But he it was like he's like I'm not even on Twitter, but I have a bunch of people, and I heard about like these Warren stands and uh, she, he actually ran into one in real life and I didn't have to do that. My ours was pretty good. So we talked to a lot, most, a lot of people were into Bernie and I was getting really scared. There was like this truck we pulled up. There's this giant truck and on the back it has like a Carhartt looking sticker, but it's actually a butt <laughs> and it says butt hurt. <laughs> and that's a family I was like, guy guy right <laughs> yeah and i was like ah fuck what is this gonna be is they gonna are they gonna call us sjw's or something <laughs> we pull up and it's this like regular ass mom in sweatpants and like a mickey mouse sweatshirt she looked like a mom transported from when i was a kid <laughs> yeah and she was like she was waiting for us to finish introducing herself like her the corner of her lips were just like creeping up and then she was like I'm all in for Bernie. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm going to make my husband vote that way too. <laughs> but the butthurt thing is because like a lot. So I, I hate the word butthurt or whatever. You know I what I'm do saying? too. I, I hate it. I'm not a fan of it. But, but, but it is a certain type of person that embraces something like that, like that, that 20 years ago, they would have been wearing like, I speak, I'm fluent in sarcasm. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. No, they're That's like the people that like butthurt. Internet and, and ass people. It was a very, it was a very specific time in the internet, internet. It became a part of the lexicon and I don't know if we can roost it out. It's no. here for good. Yeah. It really is. It's never, I get called butthurt three times a week. Yeah. Still. And probably behind my back 500 times a week, you know, yeah. look at this butthurt guy. So there was, so there was some, I like, I was judging everybody pretty hard and was getting surprised. There was, it's also amazing because you're on edge because we were talking, we were just walking down the street and then we start playing with this lady's dog. And then she's like, what are you out here for? And she's like, oh, one of my friends is real big into Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, oh yeah, so are we, we're out here because we support all this stuff. And she goes... Well, I'm a lifelong, and I just like tensed up my whole body. I was just waiting for her to say like Republican. She says I'm a lifelong Democrat, and I was like, oh, thank God. And she's no. like, and I'm really upset to see that Mike Bloomberg isn't in the race still. Yeah, I was like, okay. oh God, that's such yeah. a lifelong Democrat thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we talked to her about it, tried to convince her, told her friend, you know, talked to her friend about it. Uh, we did talk to two conservatives and they were hilarious because they were very scared. Like they were so scared. The lady I was with was just talking to this woman like, well, are you doing, you know, what are you doing? Do you have plans for the primary? Are you going to get out there and vote? And she's like, we're Republican and just slammed the door and, and went away. And then the other woman, her mouth, like, the first com- for the first thing the uh, Susan, the lady I was with, she says is like, hi, I'm with DSA. We're out here for Bernie. And, uh, the woman is like, uh, I, what did she say? She said, um, I, I'm not interested in sharing my political views. And then she's like, well, are you planning on voting on the 17th? Are you going to go out to the primary? Or, you know, is that something that's on your schedule? And she said, I want to disengage from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ran inside. <laughs> she's a sovereign citizen. Yeah, though. definitely. So you got, you got to give her. You got to be fair there. You know, she probably thought you were the census. And yeah. Like, no, I ain't fucking answering that thing. <laughs> yeah. So 
So, I would like to disengage from this conversation. So, uh, so I want to get to these calls, but the best windup of it all was at the very end. We were supposed to go till four. We were only like 60% done. And I was, then we were like, let's just run down this block and stuff information in all the door between all the doors. Um, and we get to this house and there's a guy out there and he's washing his truck. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, fuck, I guess we'll just talk to him. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, that claw's got me burping. <laughs> so, sorry, gross. Um, so we walk up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I like Bernie Sanders." We're like, "Yes, perfect." He's he's talking about. He's like, "I don't know if he can do it, but uh, I want to see something else." And I think that you know, I want people to have healthcare. I want people to have all this. Mm-hmm. I work in healthcare. I work for the college. I want people to have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. He's going on and on, and he's like, uh, now i got a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And he's like, what do you think of Joyce Beatty? And Joyce Beatty is running for the third district uh, for the House of Representatives in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And we just had Morgan Harper on the show, who was running against Joyce Beatty, who mentioned the failings of Joyce Beatty to us on the show. And... I wa- this is where I wasn't prepared enough to know all of what Joyce Beatty had done. Mm-hmm. I gave a boilerplate answer of uh, it seems to be a lot of typical Democrat stuff that results in like them making money uh, for developers and rich people mm-hmm. and nobody sees the benefit. And then my other per- my co my co uh, canvasser says something along the lines of. You know, she's just not in the she's not in the communities that are in crisis. She's just she's not available uh, to people that are really struggling in Columbus and this and that. And he goes, well, Joyce Beatty goes to my church and her husband was in my fraternity. So I don't know what you're talking about. And I'd hate to I hate to hear that Bernie Sanders supporters are out here. talking about that like uh joyce Beatty, and i was like well i was like we're not like officially for bernie we're dsa (laughs) so uh and i mean i just had to i just apologize like crazy but then here's the thing yeah i apologize (laughs) i just said like i said you know what sir i I really do appreciate the conversation today and i will take i will take it um i'll take your advice i'm going to research and see if i can learn more about this and i went I went and I wrote Joyce Beatty. The Intercept wrote an article about her four days ago. Her husband and her owned a bunch of property and her husband was in part of the zoning board that was helping lifestyles communities set up a place to develop. They sold them their land for like a whole bunch of money. He worked for the government. It was like, who's who, where should we put, where should we put this new development? It's like, Oh, right on this. Maybe where all my land is at. So they made a ridiculous amount of money on the deal on some sort of insider trading. And I read that like her income, her wealth has like quadrupled from like 2 million to 10 million since she's been in office. And uh, so I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that lady. No. Yeah, that's I, like I should yeah. be. I'm, I'm glad I dogged her, you know, yeah, yeah. You did, yeah. and you're not going to be. I mean, you know, you know, somebody personally, I'm not going to convince that guy otherwise. You well, know? that guy's a coward, though, because right. I'll tell you the truth. He can hear what people think about this yeah. person. And but the good thing about him being a person that goes to her church though is that maybe she's going to hear about you. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> he's going right to her and going to be like you're going to have to hear what just ha- what went down. Some son like of a bitch with a neck tattoo showed up <laughs> in my house. 
A fucking was, beanie. He was saying all kinds of shit about you and then bringing up this Morgan lady. And I'm just, I stuck up for you though, ma'am. Can I have $5,000? Yeah, <laughs> I do got, I mean, I think we get, I think it's going to happen one more time and you should definitely go out because the Biden versus Bernie is so easy. I was loving it because I'm so locked in and I'm just watching at their faces talking and I'm just ready to like grand slam this thing. This late one lady was like, well... I'm definitely want Trump out of there. And I don't know what, in your opinion, is difference between Bernie and Biden. That's a big deal. And I just looked at her and I was like the three strikes law. I was like sending all those people to jail for drug crimes and all of his, so, all of his justice stuff. Mm -hmm. And she like dipped her head like, mm, like that is so right. And I think then at the end of it, she said the same thing. She's like, well, you know what? I think y'all convinced me. I'm all in for Bernie. I'm going to make my husband vote for Bernie too. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's like you can't you can't argue against that. Yeah, like, you you we don't need more people in fucking jail. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, he's a huge piece of shit just for that. Yeah, I mean, Joe Biden, the, the like he they got the Obama administration got a lot of credit for changing the scheduling or changing the mandatory minimum sentence laws on like crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. But Joe Biden set those up. He like set those up in the 1980s and then got a round of applause for repealing them in like 2012. Yeah, I remember <laughs> reading about that. So fucking dumb. All right. You ready to jump on these calls? Putting the headphones in now, my friendo. Let's see. Headphone-dos and air. my friendos. All right. Anybody but cis dudes, identify yourself when you answer. Hey, how's it going? Who are we talking to? Hello? Howdy. Hey. Oh, hey, it's Blanca. Hey. It's Blanca? Yeah, from the group. Yeah. Okay. I okay. met her in Dallas. Yeah, I, I saw you guys in Dallas. Yeah. Sweet. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. I'm excited to get through it and be first in. Yes. First on an ABCD oh, show. I was like, not you, Ryan, with your this self. Yeah, get out of here, Ryan. Okay. We don't need you tonight. We're going to flush you right down the toilet, Ryan. Yeah. Next week's Dudes Week, though. It's going to be crazy in here. Bro night. Bro night. Yeah, I know. Um, we're going to bro down. Um, I'm going to drink beers next week while we record. <laughs> now that, well, that's a draw. I'm just going to be in here drinking uh, 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 craft brews. High lives. And I'm going to put beard oil in. During the show. Hey, oh, the beard oil is amazing though. I I love beard oil. It's day. not. I don't think it I'm does anything. So you have to. You have to do it. It does. It smells so good. You gotta condition it. I mean, I smell good. You know what I do with my beard? Just for the listeners, I wash it with shampoo, and then I just that's it. Dry your face when out? I get in the shower, what I do is I get a big old handful of shampoo. Okay, can't believe I'm telling you people about my shower. Yeah, a handful of shampoo, a big fucking blob of it, okay? Well, that's probably too much. I mean, just always say like a well, no, dime size is enough. Yes, dime size for a normal like person. Like a dime. I'm doing oh. something else. So then I take the shampoo and I get my hair on top, and then I also do my beard and like really get in there, really yeah. massage in there. That's my beard care regimen. That's impressive. That's it. That's what yeah. I do with it. Yeah. And then I, I put that's face wash on the parts right of my face that don't have a beard. And uh, that's how I that's how I keep this handsome beard. Okay. That's okay. all. <laughs> you didn't call to talk about my beard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, so 
almost a year to the day I got fired from yet another job because small business tyrant. This is a, I'm a therapist and I work for a Christian counseling clinic. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Very people, very great. Doesn't Christian counseling always just come out in the end? Like right away. Maybe if you thought about Jesus a little bit, you wouldn't have these problems is what I would think no, it I comes out with. Christian counseling. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't do it. I don't do the Christian counseling, though. I'm the only one that does it. Ah, okay. I get it. I did. Yeah. I had this. Yeah. I had a very cheap uh, doctor one time that was like on a sliding scale, and it was a Christian-based one, and they would always pray with you. The doctor also had long hair and a beard like Jesus, <laughs> and then he would pray with you when he was done. It was nice. I thought it was Billy, good. Walk with Jesus. Clear the air. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, I found a way to get out of my contract so I can leave because I just feel like I'm not going to grow here. I'm not going to learn anything. And I feel like they're shady. Like, they're doing, like, things that I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be filing claims that way. Or I'm pretty sure you're not. And, like, you're underpaying me. And, like, the office is just, like, a desk and two office chairs. And I was like, this is not okay. This is this is not normal. Like Wait, two people for, sharing for one desk? Charging yeah, like instead of like you go in and you have like a couch and some chairs, it was like an office like desk and then like two like office chairs. Very <laughs> relaxing, very trusting environment. Yeah, and I was I'm like, sure. wow, I, I heard that. <laughs> and like that was with, like one office. Yeah, it sucks. So it's that, a, wait. I gotta ask. Therapist's office where you're sitting across from somebody in office chairs? Is that did yeah, I okay. Exactly. So me yeah. and Brett could have a therapist's office in here. Me and Brett do therapy every single week when we sit in our office chairs across the table from each other and yell. It would be funny if like we had did street fight therapy and Brian was in charge of decorating, it would be like a card table with just two fold up chairs facing each other. Like, we can get to know each other in this place, yeah. right? I don't I, I you know what I would do actually if you want to know what my therapist's office would be? It would be a bar. Doesn't have to have the liquor, of course. Well then some drinks. Not yeah. You know, you're gonna station. have your kombuchas, you're gonna yeah. have your beers. All the drinks. Nothing no vodka. Yeah. You know what I mean? I gotcha. And like uh, it it'll be sitting with two big stools. And you will face each other and you will put your arms on the bar. And that's how you'll have your little conversation. <laughs> Got it. That's what I think would be my therapy office. Or maybe like a brick wall where you could both put your back on it and put one like one leg up and just kind of stay next to each other with your thumbs in your pockets and kind of shoot the shit. Blasting cigs. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is, is it... A closed off office like do you have privacy or is it like out in the open like a fucking cubicle no it's like a closed office space okay and i would just screenshot like messages from patients complaining about it and then send it to the owner yeah. until after like you know three months ago they finally like made up that like fixed that office but they mm -hmm. had some different locations and the other location was really nice like couch everything looked real good Mm -hmm. But, like, they just didn't fix this until I complained enough. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would get no, like, management support, especially regarding patients. Like, hey, I have four suicidal patients in, like, a week. 
um, I'm going to need you to call me back. Yeah. And give me a little guidance here. Kind of important stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I need to get the fuck out of this place because I can't deal with this. Like, I, I just, I need to just move on. Mm-hmm. So I gave him the sob story about, like, I need to find a place with benefits and that, you know, can, you know, um, have better hours. That's not even a sob story. That's, like, yeah. what you deserve. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to tell him, like, hey, you suck. Like, <laughs> no, you were doing him a favor. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I mean, they, yeah. they are, they probably, a lot of those places I worked at were, uh, where I remember there was a place I had a job and they're like, Hey, remember that guy, Jack, he was here for like nine weeks. And then like, whatever happened to him? And there's like a million, you realize you're in the Jack position and that you just get oh, changed out every nine oh, months. Yeah. I've had that moment. <laughs> or, and I'm like, Oh, right before you, you're like, all right, this isn't going to end very well, oh, I guess. It's, it's harrowing. Yeah. So, um, no, I just, yeah. I just know not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Needed to get out, got out of my non-compete, can't have my own practice, can't have take patients with me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to be nice, tell patients, hey, I'm leaving at the end of March. Like, you can stay with another therapist here, or you can, like, get, they'll give you another referral. They're like, well, why can't we go with you? Are you still going to be around? I'm like, well, yeah. But, like, they're like, well, why can't we go with you, though? And I'm like, oh, well, I can't tell you. They're like, well, where are you going? And I'm like, I can't tell you. They're like, well, we can look you up and find you, right? I was like, you could, but. I still can't tell you. Yeah. So they've been calling the boss very upset. Wow. Like, we don't want to leave. Like, why can't we go with her? Like, you can't tell us, like, who to see. And, like, so March 30th is my last day. They moved it up to March 14th. I'm not going to stay part-time. That should and be illegal because okay. you're banking on that March money. 14th, yeah, yeah. And I'm on, on contract contract worker. Right. And then yeah. More patients called mm-hmm. them, and she was like, she called me last week and was like, over the phone, like, can you meet me right now? I'm like, no, I'm already on my way home. I'm, I won't be available till ten. And she's like, well, can you meet me at ten o'clock? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna meet you at ten o'clock in an empty building. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Everything okay? Well, today's gonna be your last day working with us. And I was like, what? Why? And she said that, um, well, we just had several calls from patients feeling pressure to leave to go with you. I'm like, I'm not telling patients to go with me. They're upset that they can't go with me. And they told me about these conversations with you. And she's like, well, maybe they're misunderstanding what you're telling them. But either way, today's your last day. What a shitty God way damn. to find I, out. I think Over it's, the phone. And so it was shitty. also their freaked, right? That like, they're freaked that you're going to leave, that you're going to go through like two more weeks at this place and be telling people I am leaving, but I can't tell you where I'm going, which is non-competes are fucking nuts. That is like pro wrestling ass ever. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which we're watching right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it is, it is pro wrestling ass shit because like in pro wrestling, like you can't negotiate with the other, the other company while you're under contract with the company. And I think it should be illegal in that business too. You know what I mean? I think non, non competes need to be illegal. This they do. I, I, they need to be, let's get Bernie Sanders. 
we're going to, me and Brad, will, yes. me and Brad are going to push this to Bernie Sanders. Cause you know, we found out Jimmy John's had non-competes too. And, what? uh, I just, for their employees making sandwiches for real, for real. And then I just talked to somebody recently in a chat and they said, Hey, uh, anybody in the chat know about non-competes? And I said, yeah, it means that if you... <laughs> I just gave the like, yeah, yeah. generic explanation to be a jerk, but I didn't really have any information for him. But I was like, damn, this dude's dealing with a non-compete too. This non-compete shit's got to stop. You know? I'm with him. What, what and, and amount of money? Like, oh. How about if you make, if you make $1 million a year, you're allowed to have a non-compete. How about that? Why? Because yeah, that's not gonna be me, so. Because yeah, don't, don't just get rid of them. I want to like, get rid it's of like them. intellectual. Property. Oh, you don't want me to means test, right? Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, we don't need them. Well, it's just You're like if there's a reason to have them. I'm trying to think if there's a reason to have them well, that benefits us. People, I guess no, not really. People right? take shit from other jobs and bring it over to another place. I guess well, I don't. That's they what they always say. Anyway, they're not staying, so they're gonna lose business anyway. Yeah, which means that personal that they rather give like refer out to someone than let people go see me and i'm like this is people's mental health like you can't be doing this to people's mental health it, yeah. it just shows that you care more about your your personal feelings of me leaving than like the actual patient's like emotional well-being and that's what like upset me because then i have people calling me crying like what's going on i'm like oh my god yeah, the one time I had one time at a job where like I quit, or and they were like Brett, wh wh my, the, the owner was like Brett, I want to talk to you. He's like, why are you quitting? And I was like, well, I have this other job lined up. I'm going to do all this and that. And he was like, can I offer you some money to get you to stay here? Which is where I feel like the non compete is a way to punish you um, instead of just mm -hmm. being like, wow, this person is a great asset to the company. We should give them the benefits and the hours and the wages that they fucking asked for, you know, like it, it's worth money. If you're looking at, if you're panicking about losing a couple dozen clients right now, like the thing to do would be maintain the good employee that ha was bringing that money into you. Yup. Well, yeah. not just that, but you guys, there's only eight therapists in the whole group. I was, I was bringing in 20% of the clients Fuck. just by myself. And they lost 20%. all of them? Did, did they lose they all of them? They lost at least half of them. They lost at least half of my clients. That's just stupid. When are, so and can I, are you allowed to work? How long until you're allowed to get up and running again? So I can work because I gave them that sob story and got out of the non-compete. I just can't have my own practice. Now, the thing when is... When can you have your own practice? Yeah, my own like office. Like, I mean, office. is there a period where you'll be able to do that though? In a year. Ugh, that's but so unfair. I found a way out of that. I found a place that essentially gives you clients. You get on their insurance panels, but you have to get your own office and like you run your own office. But and they pay you like almost. They're going to pay me almost twice as much as what this lady was paying. She found. She looked them up. And found out, like, on our, like, licensing board things, she found out where I was lo looking at. Um, and found out how much I'm going to make there. So she came and attacked me in a meeting. was like, well, how are they paying you this much? That's not even possible because 
you know, you only get paid this much per contract per, you know, insurance, so they're going to lose money off of you. But like, if it's about money, Blanca, we can pay you that much. It, of course and it's about like, money. Okay. I mean, it, it's your job. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, we're, we're, we're looking at a $30 an hour increase in pay. Yeah. And then she's like, if it's that, well, we can pay you that other amount. But then five minutes later, she's like, oh, well, your raise is coming up in a few months. I can give you $5 more. Yeah, yep. That's not $30. That's not $30 fucking dollars. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like, like no. also, it sort of seems like also if you do this other opportunity that like getting your own place and your own thing and running your own thing seems like, mm -hmm. I mean, to me in my life, I've done, I've worked for a lot of people and done a lot of stuff and uh, really never been happier than when I started owning my own thing. You know, exactly. like exactly, and that's what I want. Yeah, no bosses. It sucks. Well, but, the other thing is that they were trying so hard to discourage me from doing this. They're like, you know, it costs a thousand to two thousand dollars to rent an office in this area, and it's so expensive. You could stay under Mama's wing. That's uh, what she said to me. Oh, fucking crap! Yeah, and fuck you know her. the thing about this? Oh. Also, can I say the other thing is you don't need the same size office that those people need. Definitely. They're running a fucking eight person. They're running an, a, an Which, eight it's person only one thing. Anyway. Yeah. You can rent a smaller space in a fucking building. You don't have to rent a whole big, huge fucking thing. I think this, I, I don't. yeah, I think it's crazy. I, I think it's yeah. crazy to, to go to an employee, to like walk up to an employee and say, you should stay under mama's wing. Oh, like, yeah. I it's would like, want to get oh, like a psych oh, more psychotic version of uh, we're all a family here. No, it's scarier than that. Oh, I've yeah. never That's heard. What she would say too. We're yeah. family. We're family. Uh, we're family. Oh, okay. I'm not saying it. We're family. No, I was friends. Not, um, here. Oh. I was friends but, with um, my Brian. You're right. Go ahead. He wants to hear why. Oh, I found a 94 square foot office for like under $400. I know. Yeah, I know. Down the street. <laughs> and I'm like, I could do this. And she's like, oh, a thousand. I'm over here with the sign lease already while she's telling me it's a thousand to $2,000. And I'm sitting here, you lying ass bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, and then her, her son, because it's a family owned business. Oh, no. You got out. me. Ask me, Blanca, can I ask you a question? I'm like, what? And she's like, oh, he's like, well, does your husband not want you working here? Like, does, does he have a problem with you working for us? And they're, they're, um, they're African-American, and they are very about, like, having, like, minority business and, like, all this. And I'm like, cool, I get it, brown woman here, support it. But they they found out another coworker was working for a white lady, and they're like, "Well, this is a black-owned uh, business, and you're leaving um, this black-owned business to work for another white lady." Mm. And I was like, "Okay." So there's some like racial stuff there. And when they asked me that if my husband's okay with me working here, I was like, "No." I'm like, "Yes, my husband supports whatever I decide, yeah. and as long as I'm happy 
he doesn't care what I do. What a what a patronizing ass question too. Like in the year twenty twenty, oh. assuming twenty nineteen, maybe like. Uh, uh, ugh. Anyway. You did the right thing. I gotta tell you, this is one of those stories that's like, he- it's harrowing, right? Like it's th- let's talk oh. about this like it were a quest, right? Like, quest. Back mm-hmm. to quest. Back to quest. I love Skyrim, at the beginning, so. you're at the bottom of the mountain, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'll take this fucking office with two rolly chairs in it, and I'll do what I can do <laughs> with these yeah. people, and I'll do it." And that was, and then you started to climb this mountain, and then you're like, "What a bunch of fucking weirdos I work with! <laughs> what a oh look, yeah. I fixed it. I've gotten another job." <laughs> and then you start making your way down the mountain, and then you hit like a little bit of a shaky area where they said creepy things to you like leaving mama's wing and does your husband know you're quitting your job and then you got out you've won yeah you and made it out you yeah. won you escaped i did the trap you did so this I is the happiest man. story like, we've had this is one of our happiest stories because like well I really... you know what though i'm very lucky i have two other jobs so me oh. losing one job where I literally the next day, my other boss was like, hey, can you come work today? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So more money like that. And I work right. online. Like, I have I increased my clients online. I work at a geriatric site clinic. Like, I've already made my income. And, like, you know, I have to work twice as many hours. But at least it's consistent until next month. And I get my own office. And I'm like, this is it. I'm on my own. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Like, I'm going to be my own boss, essentially, and fuck them. Now, can you move to Columbus, Ohio, and be my therapist so I don't have to wait anymore? (laughs) Also, same. Yeah. (laughs) You sound great. Uh, To be fair, I mean. The worst part is I got fired. Yeah. I mean, but it sounds like, to be fair, the most bullshit reason I could ever think. I mean, it sounds like they had a personal vendetta. Um, they don't care about their own money because they're stopping their own bag by firing you early. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, it's all just bad. <laughs> yeah. Congrats mm-hmm. on getting out of there. And I'm sure you're going to do awesome on your own. Yeah. I wouldn't want to leave it open-ended where like you got over on them or they felt like you cheated them. It's better sometimes just for those people to think like, oh, we got her. We fired her ass and sent her out the door. Yeah. And it's like, great. Never think of me again, please. Yeah. yeah. I have been that way too. Yeah. Don't find me on Facebook. Don't look me up. <laughs> There's been a lot of things like that too. It seemed I like I had when... an emailer to get me my paycheck. Oh, that's the worst. That makes my like, skin hey, crawl. I haven't gotten my last paycheck. And she sent it to the wrong apartment. Did you get, like, do you get, because here's what happens with me when I got to do something like that. They don't, it does, they don't yeah. come out, but those little nervous tears. Oh, yeah. That sort of start to well up right here when you have to write something uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Where you're like, all right, I haven't got my last paycheck. It's been two weeks. This person hates me. Oh, yeah. The last I job I quit That's before exactly I made. <laughs> yeah, it, there's these little tears that you don't cry. It's just you can feel them happening because you know it's going to be stressful to type. I can feel like when I have to yeah. do that, like they make the phone call and like my back hair just stands up. Yes. It feels like it's a porcupine. Your whole ass is clenched. Well, yeah, that's can't. and that's when they you call and then the rings and you pick up and, and you're just like wincing in fear. And yeah. you're just like, Mark? Oh, yeah. Like, I had to do that yeah? exact thing. Is this Brett? <laughs> I told Keynes to fuck off right before tax season. Didn't change my address in Halo. Yeah. Oh. Had to call them. Uh, 
yeah he was like and they'd call our da yeah. and i called and the gm happened to pick up who i told to fuck <laughs> off in the email when i quit and he was like hey rachel mm-hmm. call hr and he just like hung up and i was like oh wow you know yeah, canes, oh, canes don't give a fuck about professionalism you're, you're kicked <laughs> out of the call yep. you're out man yeah, no well. i always liked it when it was for i was like small business tyrants where you do have to deal with like the the hr person and they're just like how are things going? You're like, I'm well, doing fine. Just trying to get this paperwork and yep, get out of yep. here off this phone. I hate this phone right now. I'm going to hang myself with the cord. <laughs> I do. Well, I, the office manager is the owner. So the yes. Owner, it's literally them. Yeah, I had to do that too. The director's the daughter. Yeah, it's, it was awkward. And it gave me all those weird stomach tingles where I'm like, fuck, yes. now I have to email her like, hey, I haven't gotten my paycheck. <laughs> Hope, you know, let me know if I can expect that in the mail soon. Hope the uh, business hasn't gone under. Was, Hope you still have the money, I guess. Uh, yeah. I always, you know what I always put when I request my paycheck or something from an old job? I go, oh, I hate to ask this. But I really don't. I do hate to ask it because I want the fucking money. And I feel like yeah. I sh- shouldn't have to ask. But, I, mm-hmm. but, like, the best thing about when I quit Lexi's, the, the diner place, oh. right? It, when I quit there, the best thing ever was that he wrote my check and mailed it to me the day before you're usually supposed to get paid so that he did not have to yeah. see me anymore. <laughs> and I was like, this is a guy that it. is an enormous asshole yeah. and knows it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Blanca. Uh, it was very fun. Yeah, you're welcome. And hopefully this doesn't happen next year. Yeah, congratulations, though. It looks like it's running great. Yeah, I feel like you got it on lock. Got it. So Damn, that's funny. I thought of another great therapist office. Somebody said, I mean, a bar. You just basically said a bar. It's not a bar. bar is therapy. You go and talk about all the bad stuff in your life. This isn't a bar. Okay. Like we're not talking about a bar, traditional bar. Just a, like a literal a bar. Tab- like a, a high table. But it, a high table high okay. that has some drinks behind it. Okay. Not non-alcoholic drinks. alcohol. No. You're going to have your kombucha. So like a diner bar. You'll have some craft beer. Okay. You'll have some lemonade. Maybe some carrot juice. Maybe a smoothie machine. Like just kind of stuff that people like, and then you belly up to it, it turn you know, to the side. You turn to the side in a stool with a back. You want a back on them stools. You and then you just sit in a stool and you you kind of lean on the bar, and then the other person leans with you, and you just kind of sit there and I got hash it out. You know, I got a better one. I think okay two lazy boys right next to no. each other and you both just lay back and just like talk to the ceiling like you know like you can no. kind of get away but you're right there you can reach over and like fist bump them or something nope don't like it I, here's here's the thing i don't like about that i feel like a little baby child man when i lay in a lazy boy <laughs> that helps that helps you have to do that to get rid of the issues <laughs> We're all baby child men. Everybody's baby child. I feel like a will boy when I say one of those things and I won't be able to talk. Feel I, all I'll think about is like, I right, this is ridiculous what I look like right now. Getting and also anytime your legs are all kind of laid out in front of you. But, you know what I'm talking about? When you're sitting kind of like this and your legs are all out in front of you and they don't even look like part of your body <laughs> and you're just looking at them, you're like, what fucking worthless appendages like i'll look at them and think they're worthless looking what? you know 
I don't know. I have low fucking body image issues, yeah. obviously. Okay. But sometimes I look at my legs and I'm like, they could be better. Mm. But they walk you all those steps. They do. They yeah, do. Yeah, you should be proud of yeah. your legs. They're just not, you know, you would think my legs would be much stronger than they are, you know? What are you coming up against that you're failing? What kind of, what tests of strength that your legs are failing on you? None. I'm saying that I should be able to do like really big tests of strength. You know what I'm saying? You got endurance. I should be able to do like crazy, like leg rips or like I could leg rips. What leg rips? I've been going to the gym. I haven't heard of that one. Now that was just me guessing at an exercise name. Let's say leg press. That's a leg. Rip. Yeah, let's do some leg, leg presses. Leg presses. <laughs> a leg rip. Watch this. Rip, rip, rip. Look at that shit. They're bulging right out of the sides of my pants. <laughs> I don't know what I thought leg rips were. Yeah, but I, mean, I just gotta... think that like I would like them to look. They don't look impressive. Let me. I'm gonna show don't. you guys my legs okay. real They're, quick. I'm gonna put them right up on the table. You can see it in the camera too. Aren't they covered in in nondescript men's fabric? Please. They're they're called cargo pants. Okay, that's all I wear. Here they, it comes. I'm coming up. Ah. Okay. That's right. What okay. is it? Oh, you want a big calf or something? Yeah, I want something like a little. You got a lot of calf. I want some vascularity okay. in there. You have to try to get that stuff. You can't just wish that it was there. You have to like go to the gym and do that. That's how people get that. It looks firm though. I mean, the path looks... is there. It's certainly not a dream. Just gotta do it. I think what you're Pick thinking. Up, you gotta lift up heavy shit, dude. You want hypertrophy. You have endurance. You want to see muscles. Yeah, that's like all I want. But you have muscles. You have muscle. Mm, everybody has muscle. Yeah. You guys want to see I mean, my bicep real quick? And no. See? Okay. Just flex it all. Just flex it all on the ABCD show. It doesn't look as good. It it's just that's what I look at. When I see my body, I think like everything could be This is a stronger. And this is a great conversation to have with your therapist while you're being sucked up in a lazy boy. Yeah. This is true. The kind of ever gets I this would conversation out if it was Cuz that's the easiest problem in the world to solve. It's not. You just do exercises to get the results that you want. Can you do steroids? You can. Yeah, do of course you can do steroids. Yeah. Like instead of the. Exercises? I was actually. I was no, literally have thinking about them. that today. How so, people can just do that. You still got to do the exercises. Though. You still have to do the exercises, but <sighs> you won't have to work as long. Yes, it's a quick fix to get you there. But oh. It's not going to like make you stronger than you ever could be. No. It's just going to get you there a lot faster. It'll make you really angry too, mm. is what I hear. Yeah. Well, that would fucking do good for the show. You know? <laughs> really? People okay. love the rant. <laughs> All right. Just fucking screaming about like egg whites and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's what those people, all those people talk about is grilled chicken and egg whites. Protein shake tastes like dirt. All right. Next caller. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Kiara oh. the Dominatrix again. Howdy. Hey. hey. I got some fucking shit to say today, guys. <laughs> oh, well, we're here for it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So a little bit of background. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. You guys know I'm pro-dom. A lot of what I do is online. Uh, there's a girl who blew up online during the Australia fires for offering uh, free nudes to anyone who donated to the Australia fires. Right. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, her family just owned her and everything and mm -hmm. all that. Um, she's, that's what she says. She's like, yeah, yeah. 
So now she's number one on a pretty big sex worker slash content seller platform and has like 450,000 followers on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, she's trying to now use, because her moment in the spotlight is gone, I feel this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, she's trying to use that success uh, to like basically make money off girls who've never done this. Mm -hmm. She okay. posted a video that she's accepting applications for basically her being your pimp, unless there's another word for capitalist who controls the means of production when the means of production is your sex work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know she's exactly like, what you're talking about. Oh, you heard this? Yeah, I watched the video and I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So she's like bribing them with, oh, you get to live here for free and there's going to be a reality TV show. And Okay, so, so she, can I say this? Is this a clout house situation? Okay, I understand. Like a sex clout worker house. clout house, yes. kind of. Yeah. But she's, so she's saying that she's going to use the immense amount of followers and the amount of people that are subscribing to her content to bring other women in to be a part of her videos. Is that what it is? Something like she that? She wants to... The, this is the this is the thing that pisses me off right here is she made the stipulation that any person that applies has to be female and she doesn't say if trans girls count she doesn't say if nbs count um they have to have little to no experience with sex work and they have to have no yeah she has to have no account on the platform that she uses <laughs> which means that everyone that she gets into this house is going to have to use her referral link to sign up so she gets a kickback every time they make a sale. Uh -huh. So basically, she's just going, oh, well, I'll train you, but not if you actually want to be in this. And, you know, my family disowned me for doing this, but you should totally do it. And, no, I, I definitely have the qualifications to train people. And 15 to 20 girls living in a house for free, what could go wrong? Don't you just love it when your boss controls where you work and live? I mean, this was literally, I think this is actually a CSI episode. Like, they were talking about, like, it was girls living in a house like that. They were all sex workers, and they had a pimp. It wasn't It wasn't also a sex worker, but it's, like, the exact same scenario, and I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, like, it's horrifying. It's, uh... And then she, like... She posted like three or four follow-up videos where she had clearly been crying and she has this other unnamed person sitting next to her just looking bored and angry, being like, well, you know, I, I wouldn't be a pimp because I'm a sex worker too and I'm a woman and I would be empowering other women. Oh, and mm -mm. Basically, man pimp bad, woman pimp good. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, yeah, and so, um, so her... Her understanding was that she was going to be helping out these women, like getting that. I, I don't see like I, when it comes to like YouTube and the other social media, like when they're big brand names, like get together and do crossovers. That's a big thing to literally bring folks in this and say that, like, I own you and you have to be a rookie. I don't I really don't know how you could consider that anything else besides taking advantage of somebody. Right. And that's what, you know, a lot of the comments were saying is like, you're just taking advantage of these girls for your own benefit and you just want another moment of fame with your supposed reality TV show. What that's is, very what weird. What is her name? Do we have the name? Um, it, her name, her at, um, if you want to check it out, is The Naked Philanthropist. Actually, I don't know if that's her exact oh, no. at, but that's her name on Twitter. Okay. Oh. But don't follow her. Her at is, yeah, her oh, yeah. at is L-I-L-Earth. Angel K. 
I'm looking at her up. I don't know why I am right now. Lil, Lil <laughs> I mean, cute, Earth Angel K like, racist. I mean, a clown house situation. Yeah, that's I, the other thing. Is she's only taking, you know, skinny cis girls in her application. She's not taking any, you know, curvy girls or BBW girls or women of color. Yeah. She's just like, no, cis het white women. Be like, cute, be small, and I'll make you famous somehow. Yeah, yeah, like Victoria's Secret standards, basically. Like girl next door, but yeah, yeah not the same at all. exact stuff that I mean, it was like Playboy or whatever. Yeah. All, all the stuff from back then. It's like, oh, so you're basically just, hey, it's all back to what it was in the '90s. You know, let's it's, let's homogenize this more. It know? is. It is kind of. It is in a way, though, um, with the popular popularity of OnlyFans and the ability for people to do that kind of work and. Uh, you know, own their own business in a way, uh, in the same way that like media got democratized with street fight radio and podcasting. This is a step into a new realm of, uh, entertainment, you know, that in that arena that is just really borrowing from the shitty, shitty ideas of the past, you know, but it's like, well, this is the digital small format version of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Th- it's like, uh, it's, it is like if me and you decided, okay, now it's like say me and you started making whatever fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month, and then we made the decision, now nah, we're just gonna buy the Trillbillies and we're gonna buy the Sams and tell them to do stuff that we want them to do. Yeah, or you know the only place I mean? you can get their content is through and, us. Yeah, but not even not even established people. This is this is taking advantage of people that have no experience in, at all. Yeah, yeah, it's like a so, creepy grooming aspect to it. It's, it's actually yeah, it's kind of like so you're looking to get a leg up in this industry that you maybe want to work in, but don't know how to figure out how to do it how about i get you which always ends up bad mm-hmm. always in, it never ends up good when your way into the industry is through some sort of reality competition or like it doesn't sound like a good deal i, I really would be nervous about that actually because like you know in the end i mean like the lou perlman remember that guy the the Backstreet no. Boys in sync uh-huh. guy, right? Remember that old weird creepy guy, and he would just you know create band after band after band, and then he would. I mean, you know, a lot of them ended up okay in the end, but like he ripped them the fuck off for years mm-hmm. after their after they hit, mm-hmm. and uh, they all had to you know every time you know the people that he helped. They'd have to sue him mm-hmm. and then get out of it and, and shit like that. And this is probably just one of those things where it's like, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, you're going to be on this thing. You're going to be semi-famous. And then for the next five years, you just kick me back a little bit of your money for the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I own the rights to it all. And yeah. it's like, that doesn't seem fair at all. That's. That seems like uh, that seems like old show business, mm-hmm. and and at least my goal, and what I do, is to go as far away from old show business as possible, and and I I assume, you know, that would be anybody's goal to go away from the old version of their business, and do it this new way, right? 
I mean, that's my goal. You know, (laughs) I think it rubs me the wrong way so much because like when I first started out (laughs) years ago, oh God, it's been like 14 years at this point. I had somebody try to be like, oh, you know, I know all about marketing and I'll take you under my wing. Throwback. (laughs) And like, you know, do all this extra yeah, just do all this extra stuff and I'll never pay you. And, you know, you can show me the proof that you logged in and that uh, you did $1,000 worth of work, but you're never going to see that money. So, like, and I also worry about, like, what if they're doing stuff that the girls aren't okay with, but, you know, well, this is what we're filming today. You have to, you know, take a strap on or whatever from Kiara. Like, I wouldn't be okay with that. And if one of the girls isn't okay with that, but their boss who also owns the place they live, who may or may not be there providing the food and stuff for them. Like, are you really going to feel okay saying no to that? Yeah, I know. It's straight up abuse. Like, it's it's just like you're in a position of power and you you know what you're doing, but, you know, they just don't give a shit. Well, it benefits you. You're kind of like, I mean... You, you've considered in your head, like, oh, I mean, everybody wins here, you know? Like, I, I'm the mentor, and this person's going to get a great career out of this. They're mm-hmm. going to be grateful about it, you know? It's like, nah. But there isn't, like, I don't think for the person that's doing this, the, not for the the main person, right? uh-huh. the top person, I, don't, I just don't feel like their main goal is mentorship and stuff like that. No. And I think when you... St- when you then get in this situation where you're like, I'm here to mentor you, you know, you're good. You're, I'm going to be your mentor. And then your main goal isn't mentorship. Mm-hmm. Then I think you can get stuck in a lot of sticky situations. It's exactly what she said. You know, we, I've talked a lot about uh dangerous, dangerous stunts and pro wrestling and mm-hmm. WWE. You know, there's been a lot of these times where they've done these just, I mean, crazy stunts. These these things where they're jumping off of forty foot cages and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times, guys have said, "Like, I don't, I don't feel safe TV. doing yeah. this. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I should do this." And then they're like, "Well, but the boss's son does it, so I think you should be able to do it." Mm-hmm. And then they make them do it, and they make them do things that make them uncomfortable, and culminating basically in Owen Hart said he was uncomfortable with the stunt that they asked him to do and then he ended up dying so like there's a lot of times where somebody will say here's you work for me i'm gonna make you famous i'm gonna make you really big you just have to follow my advice and their advice is like almost always exploitative and a lot of times dangerous you know yeah. yeah, like I mentor some girls, just like, you know, a couple of my friends or people who approach me online because I've been doing this for so long. But I like my goal is to help them succeed. And I feel like, you know, I'm on this platform, too. And I just started a month ago. So I have about 10 subscribers and I'm already in the top 65 percent of earners there. Nice. So like oh, my wow. feeling is she's no, no, that's not good. Like 10 yeah. subscribers. Yeah, I that's get nothing. maybe three fifty per subscriber, and I'm already in the top sixty-five percent. My thought is, this girl's like, oh, I'm not making enough money with my fame. I gotta drain it from other people. Mm. True, yeah. true, yeah. yeah. I mean, ten subscribers and being in the top sixty-five seems good to me. That's a bad. That's that means there's not very many people on the platform. Yes, that's the thing. What is right. the means platform like everybody, Is it OnlyFans? 64% of the people it is have it is. less than 10. Sorry, sorry, yeah. 
Well, that's what I figured OnlyFans was. I mean, that kind of stuff is so hard to get into. I mean, I don't even know how to work OnlyFans. Like, uh, I've never even it's seen just it. It's like before. Twitter, but you got to pay for it. Ooh. Well, I like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm going to start <laughs> OnlyFans. Start I'll start like a nice little OnlyFans. Show off your calves. I will. Not I, until you know he starts maybe lifting. OnlyFans, I'll show off right my there. calf and my feet. I'll be like, hey. Okay, but you have to use my referral link because I brought it up. Okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll start one and show my feet because I have been told I have $40 feet, you know? It's like, you really want to see the feet? $40, baby. And just look at them all day and all night. I'll even trim my toenails, which I do about once every two months. I didn't realize. I thought OnlyFans had a, lot, a higher subscriber amount than that. I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. I think it's a pretty small thing. Like, OnlyFans is just now being picked up in, like, the lexicon. And really, when I say the lexicon, I mean on Twitter. Like, I don't even think everybody on Twitter knows it yet. It's just starting to become a thing that people talk about on there. So, from there, it's probably going to go to the wider world. I, it's going to take a long time, though. People will be talking about OnlyFans in, like, a year and a half. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I, I can't imagine there's when that many Twitter people Twitter shuts down there. the sex workers yeah i don't do you think that do you think that's a possibility because i i've wondered that oh yeah have they suspended i had an before? account yeah no i had an account uh about a year and a half ago that was like something like nineteen thousand subscribers uh followers to it and they just shut it down Ugh. so like they shut people down for uncensored nudity they shut people down for too many hashtags there's like this sort of secret world of sex workers who unite and go, oh, you know, this is what they're shutting us down for this week. Don't use these tags. Don't at this many people because if you at more than three people, you'll be seen as spam and they'll shadow ban you or they'll just ice your account. Wow. Wow. <sighs> I never even heard of... I, I, I never even... I can't even imagine that too many hashtags. I thought they wanted us to use those. Yeah, yeah. but if you use the hashtag for FinDom, they go, well, that's not PC, and nobody wants to hear that, and you're making money off of us, so you can't use that. Oh. FinDoming seems like the most fine thing in the world to me. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I really do. Right? I, don't, I don't even know. Like, it's not even sex. You know what I mean? It's like if, if we're just not even allowed to trade money anymore. You're, like, not allowed to do that. It's against the law if, if a guy gives a woman money or something to that effect is what that feels like to me, you know? It absolutely is. I mean, they're bringing morality. Yeah, somebody brought up in chat that there's so many Nazis on Twitter that they're not, you know, censoring, but they're censoring all the sex workers. And that's also a big problem. Yeah, that yeah, that is. Uh, they they don't mind the Nazi. They want to control that behavior. They just think that Nazi is uh, another like ideology to have. They consider it's like in the marketplace of ideas, but when it comes down to like controlling women's sexuality, like they're they are using all the tools at their disposal. Yeah, like I can't say, or you know, I could say you know, any sort of Nazi propaganda I want, but I can't say, I hope this guy who wants to choke on my heel chokes on my heel. I got <laughs> that tweet I got suspended for a week for. <laughs> really? And Twitter's supposed to be nope. such a big platform for that, right? No. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. Twitter doesn't let anybody yeah, do anymore. anything anymore. that they use. Like, there was a Wild West days of Twitter. That was, we call that the Burberry Wars. <laughs> 
And that was when we were fighting with people and having a really, truly good time so much so that maybe someone would jump in a plane and go to a guy's job and try to get him fired for posts. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all over now, man. It's all over. Twitter took all the things that brought me to Twitter. They, they've taken it all away. You can't have a good war anymore because they suspend you. They're all time out, five days. And it's like... But we were just getting started. We love this shit. Yeah, you get suspended know? for saying anything. Like you can get suspended for just saying any cuss. Like you know. So stupid. that's why I don't do it anymore. Well, I did call a guy fucking moron the other day, but I didn't get suspended for it. So every time I say something kind of ab- like uh, not abusive, but if I say anything that's a little uh, cutting, I'm worried that I'm gonna get suspended because I've yeah. been suspended before. Yeah. So <laughs> I've yet to get suspended because I know how important I am to the platform. Yeah, so. You got that on your side. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. I we really appreciate. It. Is there anything uh anything you want to uh you know? Yeah, where can whatever? we where can we find your content? Oh, I'm at hypnofemdom or mistresskiarasdungeon.com. Nice. Thanks for calling. Go give her money. Jeez. <laughs> Listeners. Thanks for talking to me again. Thank you for coming on. Peace. That is always like my fate that's the number one fun call of the abcd shows every time to me because it's just like you just can't i just it's just a world i don't ever think i'll ever know about sure you know what it's, i mean it's super interesting like the the, <laughs> the i was it like a whole show you had interviewing like femdom no she oh. called in last time though okay she yeah. calls in usually when we do abcd shows she usually gives us a call and we kind of talk about it and it's all the it's I always get real weird during it because I don't know how to talk about that kind of stuff. It's yeah. But I do find it interesting. I mean, I think it's a guy I think guys are fucking wild. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think it's super fascinating because I'm naturally inclined to be mean to men. So I think it's super amazing that women are able or anyone's able to like profit off of that and do you think their life. Do you think that there are like do you think there are women that get fendommed? You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Like, there like, are women like, who... Like, probably just the smallest amount, I would guess. There's definitely, like, women in the scene that, like, want to be... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just can't... Smaller, like, population, but yeah. That's... But that, again, is one of those things. That's how you get your brain screwed up when you're a dude in America is where you think that women hate sex. You know what I mean? Like, you just... From very young... Yeah, and you think all porno should be free. That's the other <laughs> uh, that's the other problem is that we think that nobody should get paid for, you know, doing a fucking gangbang. That's, that's the true. thing about fucking Pornhub. Like everyone gives them so much credit for doing like these like these PR stunts and they're still like not age like they're not che- age checking people. Yeah. Like people are still like making money off of other people's content. Like it's just they're not this great company that people keep making them out to be yeah it's not the solution for sure let's see who our next caller is thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight hi this is a an old caller who hasn't called for a while uh it's elizabeth from chicago ah i was talking about you today (laughs) holy shit how's it going i am so happy to hear from you i have been thinking about you for so fucking long how are you doing elizabeth <laughs> um surprisingly really fucking well uh so i'm going to keep the train going with actually tying the last two calls together uh 
Street Fighter's taking a step up in the world, and then sex work. So I'm t- the step up I'm taking is being on my knees sucking dick for money to being on my knees scrubbing toilets for money. Uh, and I'm fucking excited, man. Sex yeah. work sucks. It yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've heard yeah, that it, from a lot of people. Like, I, I, I have heard it from people who have done it. Like, I know there are people that really like it, but I've heard from other people who are like, it's, it's you know, I don't like doing this. But Yeah, I mean, I pretty much only did it. Um, I, I started doing it after I dropped out of school. Um, and, you know, just like to sustain myself while I was looking for other work. Uh, and when I found that other work, I stopped doing it. But then when that work ended, you know, um, so it's like definitely like, it's weird because in, in so many ways I fucking hate it. Um, and I don't find it empowering. Uh, also, Hey, if you're a John, um, please get hit by a truck. Um, but only <laughs> after you give me my drugs or money. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, but like, I don't know. It's this weird sort of mix, especially doing the work that I do, uh, which is like so fucking low level. Um, like I'm like literally I'll get like 20 bucks for a blow job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's fucking whack shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so like even though it is super demoralizing most of the time and just exhausting, like at least that twenty bucks is my twenty bucks, you know? Yeah. Like the yeah. first time I like sucked dick for money, and I got that money, that felt good because that's my money. There's no yeah. boss, you know. There's it, it's it's me and like well, sure, you know, the, the industry sucks. It all sucks, but like at least that's me. I've always been a big fan of piecework rate anyways, where like you get paid per job instead of just like an hourly thing where always you're like wanted. tied down to a desk. It's like, you know, if getting paid per dick seems like way more acceptable <laughs> to me than just like having to deal, you know, by the hour, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, so I'm like really low level. Um, I, I pretty much work exclusively on grinder um, okay. when I work, which again, like I don't have to anymore, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I got like a stable custodial job. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like it, you know, I think people think that sex workers do make a lot of money, um, which there definitely are some who do. Uh, but I think most of us are not, uh, I think most of us are scraping by, um, and using our bodies in whatever way we can, you know, even if we can't get a job, you know, in a warehouse, we can get a job using our bodies in other ways, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I just think that there's like this really big misconception about the money that trans, uh, not that trans, I'm trans, but that sex workers generally make. Um, I, I think much more of us are survival than, than people seem to realize. It's a, it's the actor, or actress, or it, it's the actor thing, right? Like, where it's like everybody thinks actors are coddled and make a ton of money, but only a few co- actors are coddled and most of them don't make a ton of money. You know what I mean? Like, it's very true yeah. that there are actors that make millions and millions of dollars, but it's also very true that, like, almost everybody else in Hollywood is making what a normal person makes to live in a place with extraordinary, you know, cost of living. You know, right. the people that try to act in their hometown, like people that act in Columbus and do productions here. Like they're not making bank. They're making like maybe 50 bucks a show. You they're know? doing it yeah. part time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, there was a guy I knew that used to hire sex workers off Craigslist and the amount of money that he was paying. I was just like, this is way, this is really low because the, 
a guy drove them over here and he's keeping all of the money. I'm 100% sure of that, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely, it's highly exploitative that, you know, we know that. Um, but it's also because, you know, you can't do it in the open and there's no way to have, to make it, uh, like the law is, the prohibition is what's making it more unsafe, you know, yeah, is making definitely. it more precarious. Yeah. For the FOSTA system. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, I think a lot of times, like, white trans women will sort of have this little bit of a victim complex about, like, specific, like, specifically, like, real-life violence. Um, like, you know, your office workers being like, oh, someone looked at me on the subway. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but, you know, and, the, and so I don't want to be that, but, like, the only times when I do feel, like, genuinely, like, I don't know if this is a safe situation is sex work, and it's pretty frequently, like, but it's also, like, okay, well, I'm, like, really fucking close to rent for March. Like I got to get it. You know what I mean? Like right. you got to do what you got to do. Even if it is a situation, you know, that, you know, could be like bodily harmful to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Um, Domina Chiara is in the chat right now. And uh, she's saying that she, she works about 12 to 14 hours a day. Even she's doing it online, but yeah. she takes That's one right. day off a week. And, uh, it's like more than full time, but it's also, oh, absolutely. like you said, I mean, you, she, her money goes to her though. She doesn't have to deal with some boss saying, you don't want to leave under my wing. You know, she, she's getting the money and we're in the same, we're in the same boat. I mean, I worked all goddamn day today and, uh, you know, I feel like to make my internet job work, it is six days a week of 10 hour days for the most part of constantly being on and, and creating and giving up all of, you know, giving up all of myself, you know, emotionally to people online, you know, and, uh, it's, it's taxing not to say it's the same, but, yeah. you know, no, I mean, there definitely is like, I think that, you know, people think, oh, podcasting, you know, oh, that's so easy. You sit down for an hour or two, you know, record your shit. But it's like, no, there's like so many other things, it, not that they're only podcasters as well, but yeah. like, um, yeah. And, and so, you know, people think like, oh, you know, oh, you get 20 bucks, you know, to suck a dick or whatever. That's, you know, fine. Right. It was like, okay, well, no, I have to put put up with all the bullshit of talking to the dude. I have to put up with all the bullshit of dudes who are leading me on a wild goose, goose chase. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, like, if I'm working a day, I'm fucking working. Like, that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. yeah. That's what Anthony... Yeah, and I think I people did just the, think it's the, just I'm, the work. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but no, I, no, I was just saying... And, yeah, and I think people just think it's just... Sorry, I think the connection's slow. But um, I think people think it's just the literal labor, but there's so much else involved. Yeah, that was a, if you haven't heard it, uh, I when I interviewed, um, Antonia crane. She was saying that a lot of like, I mean, the, the act is one thing, but the emotional aspect of like getting in the reading this person's mind on who they want you to be or how they want you to act or putting up with their own bullshit, you know, chasing them around. And all of that is, worth way more than 20 fucking dollars you know and it's it's not like it's you're in and out it's not like it's just you know it's it's uh it revolves it, it requires a lot more labor than just what is stated yeah uh you know and i think about that a lot like the emotional labor as well like I, people use emotional labor in this like weird online way where they just mean like supporting your friends but i literally <laughs> mean this and this is emotional labor yeah. like Especially, uh, I do do some online stuff, um, and, like, usually that's a lot more focused around, like, the aspects of transness. Like, there's a lot of, like, the fucking sissy shit. Yes. Um, like, that kind of kink shit. Uh, I do some, like, phone sex for that. 
and that's exhausting like like literally like i will need to like call like a girlfriend to just like like hey i need to just talk for a little bit after this like even if it's like 10 minutes you know um like the emotional labor involved in just doing all the shit for a stranger is it's, it's pretty intense honestly yeah it's interesting with uh i mean the the through line with like the therapy to sex work thing because even that cam girl that i spoke to was she was into she was very much a part of the sissy niche and was having to listen to guys like really go through some very transformational periods in their life and be a part of that and also not being compensated to the point that like a real therapist would be or like a clinical person you know or even a sex therapist would be uh to provide somebody relief Um, there's there, it's, uh, it just gets, it just uh, has been whittled down to this transactional thing where it's like, I want to come and I have money, you know, and that's, and guys have just run on that on, on, you know, subjugating women to that fucking environment. Well, yeah, they, that's real. They don't want to deal with, they don't want to deal with like in, in, uh, with people that they perceive to be, cause they don't perceive the person that they're hiring is on the same level as they are so like if they went and really dealt with whatever it is that they need to deal with and to like a therapist i think they would be afraid of what they would find out or maybe what changes you would have to make in your life to 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 make that happen and i think that they use this as a sort of therapy that they can turn off anytime that they would want to turn it off you know what I, you, you know what i'm saying like where it's like uh okay i'm done i don't want to talk about like this anymore vice you know thing, yeah. i'm uncomfortable with this i don't want to talk about yeah, it. yeah absolutely i mean like i remember like when i was like a little fucking kid I'm, I'm young i'm 20 um but when i was like a little kid and like kind of figuring out like oh this you know, gender stuff feels weird to me, um, you know, and Googling that, like, I think I have a lot of the same feelings about, like, the shit that I saw as, like, a nine-year-old online, you know, when I Google, like, why is boy and girl clothes, you know, and it's, like, half just, like, sissy porn, like, I think I felt, feel a lot of those same emotions then that a lot of those dudes who are coming to me are, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Um, and, and it's, like, a lot, like, that's a lot to handle. I mean, th- there's only been once, but there was one time where I was like really clear that this person was not just like a dude with some issues that it was like, Oh, this is a trans woman. And I think I will do actively harm. Like, I think I will be doing active harm to them by doing the shit for them. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like a weird spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can like, imagine. I oh. But like, I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm faced with, individuals every every time someone calls me i'm like the phone's excited or whatever like that's a whole ass person mm-hmm. and like they want they want a lot from you you know mm-hmm. e- even if they're not saying it like like what they're asking for you is is like a lot to take on mm-hmm. they want you to be understanding they want you to be their therapist they want you to be um their sex doll like but they don't want you to say it out loud they want you to just go with the flow and make them feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and know what they want Mm -hmm. and that in itself is like so much so challenging in an art form so yeah that it's it's the bartender thing like we were talking about with the guy last week you have to be everything to everyone Mm -hmm. quote one of the greatest bands ever uh but um uh they uh uh it is it's a matter of it's even when we talk about doing phones, 
phone call. I mean, sorry, uh, call center operations. Like you are talking to people all day long. You can be, you can sit in a, you can sit in a chair for eight hours a day and be completely exhausted when it comes to dealing with the issues the general public is having with their credit card bill. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's lots of situations as a collector that I had to listen to the saddest shit in my life. Things that would just make me throw my head headset off and go to the bathroom and have to go away. Mm-hmm. And I was getting paid $12 an hour, r- regardless if someone threatened my life because they were, they thought they were going to lose their house. Or if someone told me that their mom opened up a credit card and it's ruined their life. Like, it's like you, you hear, you, you hear so much tragedy and then you like, you can't be right. Re- you're not recognized for it. And you're not compensated even close to what's necessary for that. Because the thing, I mean, like that kind of stuff isn't easy to do. I think the only fans statistic that uh, Domina brought up is pretty, pretty interesting because I think a lot of people are like, Oh, it's the internet. You can just get, get naked online and make all the money in the world. And it's, it's, not that easy everybody can get naked not everybody can deal with the type of folks that are going to be attracted to your fucking nudity Mm -hmm. you know yep yeah especially like for me as like a fucking fat ass like gender non-conforming tranny like um it's like this sort of weird niche where i'm like i have to sort of perform what i think men will want right like a weird place to be in you know because like you know i'm like it's not a buzz cut anymore but like you know, I used to have a buzz, like it's short, you know what I mean? Like I'm a kind of androgynous person, but like I just sort of totally change it in order to find anyone um, because there's just, I mean, there's so many girls out there, you know what I mean? Like cis, trans, whatever, like there's just so many fucking people out there trying to hustle. Um, yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who are in a lot of not great positions. Um, and, and sometimes it feels like it's one of the only outs. Um, but, it, but I think for most people, it's not an out that, that works for them. Yeah, I mean, and I've, yeah, and it's just, I've seen, even seen on just when, you know, trans women share their DMs from guys that are just like, hey, I really like your comics. And then it's like, hey, I want to see you naked. And it's like, I don't do that. And then it just becomes this screed of like the worst fucking things in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that you're, you're like riding an edge with some of the, with some of the people that are, think that they can just pay, pay for you without, you know, respecting you. Yeah. So Elizabeth, I wanted to also get to you said you've moved up and uh you said it as in I clean toilets. But I remember you and you were shooting for a janitorial job. So yeah. how's that going? So So yeah, the so what's happened is I was at a custodial job. It was like a student custodial job, but it was essentially the duties of a regular custodial job, but I just got paid eight twenty five. Um at my college, uh the community college I was going to. Dropped out of that, looking for work for a few months. Uh found out just like a production job. Well actually first I worked in a warehouse doing custodial, but it was more of a warehouse job than a custodial job. I walked eight miles every day. Uh and I just called that staffing agency and said, Hey, I'm sorry, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. Uh and then I got my next job, like, that mm-hmm. same week, uh, which was, like, making batteries and shit. I... That was a temp job, fucking bullshit. You know, seasonal job, then after that for a month. And, Jesus. You know, temp jobs suck. You've lived a lifetime. Yeah, no, it's, it's been rough. Yeah, no, there's just been a lot of changes, yeah. uh, not a lot of stability. But, yeah, no, I finally got, got a job uh, at, a, at actually another college mm-hmm. um, doing second shift custodial uh, for 15 an hour. So, like, Great. That's awesome. good shit. Yeah, yeah, making yes, more than great. me hourly. So, and are you awesome. digging it? 
Are you are you digging uh, I it? I haven't started yet. Oh, uh, okay. Tomorrow, actually. But is that um, sort of like, like is that sort of like the kind of job that you feel pretty good about? Like, because I I know you had done it before, and is that is that sort of what you're looking for? Is that is that the world you're looking for? Because I can tell you, I think it sounds like a fucking great job to me. Oh, it's a great job. There's no one like. Like the the amount of like watching over your shoulder is so fucking different than yeah. any other workplace I've been in. Yeah. Um, like mm-hmm. yeah, sure. There's like cameras obviously uh, like everywhere, but like you know, there's like there are fucking everywhere, everywhere. But um, nobody's chasing you, know, no one, you around. No one's micromanaging though. me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like clean this wing of classrooms. Um, yeah. So no, it's absolutely what I like, um, and I can already tell that this workplace isn't like. That they like, you know, the people they interviewed were like, not just whoever sent in a resume, but it was like people with related skills and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like that's a good sign that it's oh, not like, yeah, yeah, for sure, tomorrow. you know, for what I mean? sure, like that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, when I went from the call center to the cable company, when I came in to do my interview, they tried to get me to work in the call center, and they were going to actually even pay me more if I went up and took calls instead of working out in the field. But I just I didn't want to be in a call center anymore, so I just went back out in the field. But if you do, I mean, like, the thing about it is if you specialize in something, and people call this stuff, like, no non-skilled labor, but if you take a thing and you get really good at it and you specialize in this thing, there will always be, there's usually another place to go up if you're very good at the thing that you're doing. And if you enjoy, I think janitorial work would be great for me too. Like, I think that would be a really good job for me if I had to get another one because it feels, it it feels like work. So you, you, you will have something to do during the day. Takes elbow grease. Yeah. You're not sitting around. And if you do, you get a little office, you go in there, you take a little break every few minutes. And, and you know, it feels like sometimes they, do you work at your own pace when you do something like that, Elizabeth? Yeah, usually. Um, th- this job actually seems really similar to um, the job, the, the other custodial job I had um, insofar as like, it's not the times when there's like a ton of people there. You know, I, I'm like second shift at this one. So it's like, yeah. Clean it up after most of the classes, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it seems to be pretty, like, work as you go, you know. I'm telling you, you're going to um, get that yeah. coveted high school job. And that's, I've seen dudes do, I've seen janitors at my high school work 30 years at that place and make pretty good Yeah, money. no, this is, like, a job I'm intending to, like, really actually try and hold on to. Mm-hmm. Because Hell I just yeah. can't not have a job anymore. Yeah. Well, um, I mean... Or, like, not have a stable job, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stable hours, less mental uh, work. Yeah, $15 an hour at 20 well, yeah. years old, too, is, like, a big come up. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember... No, that, like, that's fucking shit. Like, that's, that's I can save money. money. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, not just rent and fucking around. Yeah. yeah, I think I was making that like I was so excited to be making that when I was like twenty five or twenty six. I felt like I was very accomplished. So uh, it does, you know, it does create a good. I mean, it creates a good sta- uh, foundation where you can also figure out what to focus on other things in your life, and you're not always uh, scrambling. I guess if you do it right, you know. 
No, for sure. Like, I mean, the last like three months have just been like, I can't tell you what next week is looking like because yeah. I might have a job right. or I might not. You know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, no, the, like the stress of like not having, not knowing where like, you know, money is coming from is, it's like, I think a really like big stress to have on you for a long period of time. It is. Yeah, it is. That wasn't even that long. And I wasn't even like that abject, you know? It's, yeah, um, it's gonna. I don't want to like, overstate that. I don't. But, also, it, but it builds up. It's fucking. Heavy. Yeah, but I'm. I'll, I want to tell you this. You you just said I I wasn't that broke or whatever. I wasn't. It wasn't that bad. The thing is, like, once you get out on the other end of it, or when you're in it, you don't think you are that. You never think you're that kind of broke. It's a coping mechanism. Because I yeah. never would have told you. I would say I'm broke. Yeah, hey, what are you guys doing? I'm broke. You know what I mean? But I think people, when you say I'm broke to people, they think you probably have like 30 or $40 in the bank or something. Mm-hmm. But I, when I say I'm broke, I have like $7 I'm gonna put, in the bank for a week and a half. I'm going to take change to the gas station to get to your house. Yeah, 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 put yeah. Five in and hope that gets me there and back. Yeah, I mean, the only time I ever considered myself like, I'm, I can't, I lived in pov- what I would consider like at, abject see and it wasn't even that bad i was living in a garden apartment i just didn't have food and it was kind of gross and i wasn't paying my rent and stuff like that like so like there was a period where i probably would have said i was in poverty but i always had cigarettes i always had weed i always had acid always had alcohol well that's just well i mean okay yeah, but I think that you get that shit even if you don't have money for it. Or at least maybe I'm just a true. That is, yeah, <laughs> you find yeah, a way. Like, yeah. Doesn't have, you know, you what got, I mean? like like you get that shit even if even if it's not in the budget, you know. Yeah, you yeah, develop, yeah, yeah. develop a good personality so that people will share. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, but, but I, have like, say, I have to say, for me though, uh, at that age, I I think that, and you'll start to realize that like you can pull yourself out of it, and I don't support like pressure turning people into diamonds but like living through those precarious circumstances and finding something on the other end like you can you can smooth out the edges actually 20 was the same for me i felt like the same feelings all that you said but you know if you can slot yourself into something and smooth out some of the bumps you know like it, it'll happen i want to i want to say it watching your journey has been like actually incredible because when you started calling our show it was about little caesars yeah and like <laughs> yeah i was i was still in high school yeah wow really? high school. yeah i was yeah. so happy to hear from you tonight i i i had i missed you so much i know we and had people like, that call we had yeah, a lot of people I, um, on the road that asked about you too they were yeah, like people, where's elizabeth oh, at? Really? when's she gonna call in again yeah people when we <laughs> tour ask about you and they also ask about your friend i don't know if you're still friends or whatever or what happened there yeah, if you're allowed to say anything yeah. oh oh Amanda good does, good good it's doing good okay that's what we yeah. want to hear they're doing good mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah, Pe- yeah, yeah. people ask good. about you too all the time yeah. You're like you're That's you're so stars in this universe, <laughs> and we're gonna get. Yeah, I, I, oh, I don't want to take up any much more time, but uh, I do want to just say, yeah, I definitely like fell out for a little bit. Um, I think sometimes just like political, like like being politically engaged, like when you have so much other shit, it just feels like I 
don't know what to do for myself. I don't know how I can do anything for anyone else. No, you don't have, you don't um, have to explain it. I've I just always want supported you know, I've always said that. I just want you to know that, like, you lived through... Like, you lived through a rough patch, and it's probably going to change you forever. But, like... Yeah. You, you're out on the other side of it now, and you have a victory here. And, like, don't... You know, if something happens, maybe it there will be more hardship. But I really feel like I can hear in you that, like, you found your place and you found your thing, and that, like, I I'm really happy for you. I, yeah. I, I feel for you that you had to that what you went through there. And if something like that happens again, please feel free to message the Street Fight account when well, we can try and get you some help, too. Yeah, what I was trying to say, I guess, sure, is like, I appreciate it. What I was trying to say, I guess, is that I mean, I don't think twenty is the time for it to happen. But me and Brian say that we hit a certain point where we were like, you know what, we just make it fucking work. We're just people that are able to figure it out and keep persevering. And they haven't been able to kill me dead yet with any of their bills or any of their fucking HR policies or anything like that. Like if you're a fighter and you're a hustler, which like I said, Brian said, it does sound like you are. I mean, the, those type of type of circumstances, honestly, they're the ones that I'm grateful for because the folks that don't know what it's like to struggle, they're the fucking airheads that are out here talking about how America is a free place to be. And they've never tasted, you know, any sort of desperation in their life. And they're not grounded people for it. I, I don't know. I, I it's I don't want to lose touch with with everybody else. And I'm grateful that I came from the dirt because I think it makes me I'm way more proud of myself for coming out from the dirt than having somebody else just pay my way or having somebody else plan my life out for me or being born into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I will go ahead tell Amanda we said hi we will yeah. be in Chicago in July uh-huh and uh obviously you two are welcome yeah we'll put you show. on the list we'll oh, get yeah. you on the list you won't have to pay to get in or anything you I would love to have oh yeah I appreciate it and, no, no yeah, problem sounds at all. good the chat wants to know where um, to get to, what that where you're at where they can find you online um, I honestly am not online. If you want to follow my Tumblr, I guess, which is like, I, I feel like that's a dumb thing to plug. Tumblr? Um, that's, Tumblr. No, that's old school. That's, it's the first Tumblr, that's I think. social justice started was Tumblr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's like literally the only online thing I'm on. Uh, I look at Twitter professor, but I don't use it. Totally uh, so my, my Tumblr is Soup Drinker with a dash. Um, dash and uh, my, if you're near Chicago and want your dick sucked, or if you just like want... <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah, <laughs> no, we absolutely. <laughs> we want to get dick sucked. Uh, well, yeah, so if you're in Chicago and want your dick sucked, first off, ignore the thing I said about John before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please don't get hit by a truck. Um, but you can cash at me at Vivian Daniel 100. Sweet. Excellent. Shiny ass sex work name. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's alluring. <laughs> Vivian's a great yeah. name. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. Well, have a, have a good one, guys. Elizabeth, stay in touch, please. To Will do. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the first half of the show and for calling in the queue. I know some of you have been there for a while, but we're going to come back. We're going on break right now. Uh, we'll, we'll be back to take your calls. Everybody in the chat, you're going to get answered. 
We got music this week from the one and only Action Cat. That's spelled A-K-T-I-O-N-K-A-T exclamation point. Coming to you uh, from SoundCloud, actioncat.soundcloud.com.
Hey everybody, we're back from break. If you were in the call-in chat, you got to hear us talking during the break. But that was Action Cat. If you don't know them, you can find it A K T I O N K A T SoundCloud.com slash A K T I O N K A T Action Cat. Give them a listen. They're comrades, good good people. And uh, thanks for sending it in. If you have music you want us to play on Street Fight Radio. Send us an email, streetfightradio@gmail.com. DM us on Twitter, streetfightwcrs, Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much Instagram. That's the other one. I'm always on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, streetfightwcrs. That's where I do live streams and photos and all that other fun stuff that people like to follow along with. Um, we are going to be doing live shows, a lot of them coming up. We we took the winter off by doing a variety show every single or once a month over the last few months we went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But this month we're going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So on the 20th of March, come see us in Columbus. I said that wrong. On the 18th, see us in Pittsburgh. You can find tickets at streetfightradio.com. It'll explain it a lot better than I can. We're going to be in Tampa, Florida on April 1st. We're going to be in Jacksonville, Florida on April 5th. We're going to be in Miami, Florida on April 8th. Um, we're going to be doing, we're going to be a part of the Mayhem Wrestling event in Orlando on April 6th. 
That's going to be a lot of fun. They're doing a no-ring death match. So you'll get to see a Street Fight show and then a no-ring death match. And even now, tickets to the Hellfire Congregation of Radical Egalitarianism Tour Number 2 is available uh, April 29th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. May 3rd, New York City. May 5th, Portland, Maine. May 9th, Providence, Rhode Island. Streetfightradio.com. The left-hand side has the newest show. The right-hand side has all the links to the live shows. So get in there. Come see us, especially in Columbus. We got Kath coming here uh, March 20th. We're going to have Teratogen open up and uh, close the show. So it's going to be a variety show, but there will be more Street Fight. You know, so the other variety shows were jam-packed full of guests. People were saying they wanted a little bit more Street Fight. So we're going to have one guest, th- guest this time. It's Kath. She's a fucking killer. If you like Jake, you're going to love Kath. She's just a one-woman killing machine when it comes to comedy. And can I just say, the Brett Payne, Brian Quinby, Kath Barbadaro combination is one of the best combinations on a stage for us, I think. Yeah, she's wonderful. We get along with her well. She understands us, and uh, she's uh, just incredible. Yeah, big fan. Big bar. I almost called her Barb. <laughs> Big barb. barb. I'm a bit. I'm fond of barb. Barb energy. Oh. No, Kath is great. Kath I'm is not so a barb. excited for her to be in town. She's going to teach me about scams and stuff. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Let's see who's on the line. This person's been waiting a while, so thank you for listening along. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, is this me? It's you. Who's Only this? You would know. Hey, this is Jill from Memphis, home of Action Cat. Oh, oh holy shit! Really? <laughs> you... <laughs> that was unexpected. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We, we love the tunes. How long have you been doing? The, how long have you been in the band? Oh no no no! no. I'm not in Action Cat. It's oh. Memphis is home of Action Cat. <laughs> oh. Not in Action really? Cat. I'm just from Memphis. Wow. <laughs> Action Cat is from Memphis. Also, we just got a very heartfelt email from Matt G out of Memphis that swears up and down there will be a ton of people to come see Street Fight in Memphis. So we put it on the calendar, and Memphis is happening this year. I did. I sent Brad a text after. Oh, cool. I sent Brad a text after I read the email. And and I said, let's. I sent Brad a text after the email, and I said, uh, let's book Memphis in the Midwest tour this summer. So we're going to. We're going to hit Memphis when we go to the DNC, that tour. So it'll be in July. Ooh. Yeah, I think Matt was telling me about that in uh, DSA with him. And he was saying, y'all wanted to do something with Memphis Rat. And I'm very down for that. Well, that's a different, that's Brett and Tom's project. Brett and Tom have a project that oh. they decided to work on where they're going to talk to some rappers out there and. I mean, I don't want to throw the whole thing out. It's not my project, you know. <laughs> I I helped put it together. Mm-hmm. You know, I did say Tom said he wanted to do this project. I said uh, it's probably not one for me, but I think Brett would be great at it. So I put them two together, and the project that they're trying to do in Memphis is fucking awesome. And then I said, you know, it'd be nice. You'll get to go to Memphis, like, and hang out for a little bit without me. And he was like. I'm going to book a show. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind going. It's not a complaint. I love Memphis. I only got to see it a little bit. Yeah, we didn't do Memphis last time. 
Came close, but did not. Yeah, I saw you guys uh, on the last tour in D.C. and Nashville. I remember you. I remember you now. Nice. You saw two Hellfire shows. Yeah, it was great. I saw the first and the last. That is something. You know how many people really wanted to just see one Hellfire show? And you have two under your belt. There were a few other people that got there were a few other people that got two in Atlanta or who were in Atlanta and went mm-hmm. home and we hit them. But uh that tour was so fun and we're and we're kicking it back up in Philly this year. So I can't wait to get back out with That's those so boys. Exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad y'all are spreading the mess. Somewhat. <laughs> I yeah, we are. We're you know what it feels like when we sit home like this for a while? And Brett keeps saying, yeah, we did a lot of work. We did. We did a variety show every month that we've been home. And we did Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We're hitting Pittsburgh in next week. And it's just like, uh, once you start getting out there, though, it seems insurmountable. Like, right, right when you're in the middle of the big mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, last year... Me and Brett did, what was it, Brett? We did, like, the Hellfire tour in July, and then in, it ended in August, and then we had, like, three weeks off, and then we went on tour with Struggle Session, mm-hmm. and then we had, like, three, week, three weeks off, and then we went on tour of the West Coast. So in that time, I felt crazy because I felt like we were traveling too much. And now that I'm home... And I've been home. I'm like, nothing's happening. We're not doing anything. You know, mm-hmm. we're still recording a, a million podcasts and doing all that stuff. But like, I got to get out and shake hands with people. Well, maybe it's not this year. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll shake hands. Hey, look, I'll shake hands. I don't care unless you're in New York. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just no. But <laughs> I'll hug. I hug. Okay. You know, I'll hug. But but getting back out there is going to be really fun. It's it's what me I think live performing is probably what me and Brett do best. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm the most on. Yup. So what's going on tonight? What what do you got going on? Uh, so I just finished digitizing the comments on one of the papers that I got feedback on, and it's super annoying because my professor just like pulled one out on me. Uh, this ta- this is like the only, so I just got out of my spring break and this, this paper was like, this is the only thing we submitted for the class so far, really. And like, instead of my professor talking to me or like asking, you know, Hey, can I, can you come to my office? There's a problem with this paper. There's, you did, you just, you just fucked it up. Uh, instead of just talking to me about it, he immediately like emailed my dean, department chair, and all of my advisors accusing me of plagiarism. And just the only grade in the class, just zero, dead zero. So uh, I'm supposed to be graduating. I, I hope that'll happen. But I just finished up. Yeah, and like the only comments he made on the paper were, on paper he refused to have us send in a digital file just crazy college stuff and i'm done with it i just want to graduate yeah yeah so so you got notes on a paper that you disagree you got accused of plagiarism yeah but but the (laughs) plagiarism was because of like weird citation mistakes 
but uh, I have like a ten, like like it's ten pages that I wrote out, and I have five pages alone of citations. Okay, so it was a citation mistake, basically a technicality, and then you were accused of plagiarism. Yeah, and instead of like saying anything to me, this man just blasted me to all of these like higher up people. Which, I mean, I get that it's protocol or whatever, but I've been working closely with this dude for, like, two years at this point. Oh, God. He and like he just sit- doesn't even want to talk to me about it. Is he, comp- is he like, a super contra- confrontation-averse person? Because I am. I am one of those, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, he, he's... Probably. Yeah. Has he ever confronted you about anything? Ever? No, I've usually been the one to confront him about uh, stuff, so <laughs> he's probably very confrontation-averse. Yeah, I mean, I'm contra- confrontation-averse, and, like, uh, there's things like that, like, where I just want to, like, sink into the back of, like, as soon as... <laughs> nice. As soon as I yeah. feel like, uh, as soon as I feel like we're about, me and Rachel are sitting right next to each other... If I said something that offended you, mm-hmm. and then you responded to that, mm-hmm. I would, my whole body would feel the same way as if I was going up a roller coaster. Okay. I feel the same way. Confrontation and scares the shit out of me. I, like, have to run out of the room. That's not excusing it, because I'll tell you the truth, I, mm-hmm. I've confronted, I would have confronted you, first of all, I would have been very scared and i would have probably called you into a room and said look you, i have to confront you about this but it, but the thing about me is it would have taken an extra six weeks because i would have also been thinking like, <laughs> should i confront this person you know i was i'm so afraid of it dude. that's why i don't return clothes yeah. that's why i don't return stuff at the store <laughs> same no because it feels like a conference coupons (laughs) coupons feel like a confrontation to me that's why i don't fucking use coupons at the store because it's like oh yeah i know that's the regular price but this thing here says i I get 30 cents off of it this piece of paper begs to disagree that that's the price (laughs) that's what it feels like you're doing dude or like i've had people like I, I earlier today I had a really weird situation where I okay I go to this place that sells like rice bowls, okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I order I a tri-tip steak rice bowl, okay, and they're pushing it down the aisle. They're putting mm-hmm. the stuff on. They're like anything you don't want on this, and I was like, nah, I think it all sounds good. They're they're gonna put this on it. They put that on it. They put this on it. They take two pieces of falafel and they put it on my steak bowl. And I had a two-second panic attack, and then I said, hey, that's supposed to be steak. Uh-huh. And the guy was like, we'll put the steak on there. And I was like, okay. And then it looked like he was pushing it past before he put the steak on it. And I was looking at the steak, and I looked at the guy, and I, I kind of stood there for, like, a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. just like your desk, your eyes are just like welling up with tears. You're like, please, <laughs> yes, sir. I can't make the steak jump out of the bowl. 
into my bowl. <laughs> you what, need to help me out. You need to put the steak in there for me. That is my psyche, though. In that, like, it was like, if I can't ask this fucking guy if he's going to put the steak on it again. What if he was planning to put the steak on it and just pushed it to the side, though? And it was just this whole weird thing about, like, it really would have taken two seconds to mm-hmm. be like, uh, let him go. Just It would have yeah, taken two seconds to just let him do his job. And yeah, yeah. But my brain, for some reason, decided that this this was a because co- when I order food, a lot of times I feel like a confrontation. I like when you go to Chipotle <laughs> and you have to look them in the eyes, and they get they're like, "What the fuck do you want?" No, they, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But it feels like they're like, "Hurry up, you know, yeah. hurry up with this stuff." You know, you you, you we got five six. Six I feel the same things. way, like at Starbucks in the mall. Yes, like, uh, I'll take I take wrong drinks all the time because I don't want to get it checked, like fixed. I did get one fixed the other day, and I was really proud of myself because I usually never fucking complain ever. Yeah, but I'll come in like I order ahead before I leave for work, and then if it's not done, I'm like, what the fuck? It took 15 minutes to get here. But um, it's so hard to like speak up and be like, excuse me, because they're always <laughs> so busy and they're always like fucking like throwing shit around and like. Yeah, I just feel like also, a dick for asking for what I paid for. <laughs> you also don't want to be Karen on the internet. No, yeah, I yeah. Which by the way, you'll be on Heather. a tip. T- you'll be on a TikTok. No. I guess this is a big. <laughs> this is a good plug for the Wednesday show. <laughs> I do have a, a Karen woman at a Burger King that is on fire. Oh, yep. I watched. And that. I she's was so demanding angry. her money back to the people and, and insulting them. The yep. people that worked there. Do- Karen isn't on fire. The Burger King is on she fire. She wants them to go back fire. into the burning yes. burger right. to get her 1075. And then when they won't, she's like, that's why you're making 10 an hour, bitch. And like, <laughs> yeah. she's in scrubs, which is horrifying because we all know that the mean girls end up being nurses. Yeah. Um, but we've gone off on a tangent. But no, that's what I'm saying, though. You don't ever want to feel like that person when you don't want you to me. Okay. So, like, I assume in a normal brain, I'm, I'm going to ask Brett, and I'm going to ask our caller this. In your brain, does uh, uh, does that feel like, like, does, <laughs> do you try to avoid being like somebody like that, like, no. on any sort? You don't even consider like, that. No, like, I will go to the register with coupons, like, I'm, like winning at cribbage of like 15 <laughs> 31 like i'm throwing shit down like coupons don't scare me. yeah i will say to them the app only gives me a credit for one bowl but we're as a family getting three bowls so i'm going to do three separate transactions <laughs> if they you don't mind if they're not busy yeah. That doesn't bother you. No, it earns their respect. Inside. It earns their respect because they look at me and they're, they're like, like Frugal. They're nice. like, you knew. I'm sitting here behind here all day watching families of six coming <laughs> in getting code. getting credit for one bowl. <laughs> and they could be getting a free bowl every time they fucking come in. <laughs> wow. So you feel good? Do you are you like like what is what is it like like customer service stuff for you? Like do you ever uh do you are you afraid to like correct them? Or anything like that. I'm talking to the caller. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I've never really okay. So this is gonna sound very bougie, I guess, but I've never really like worked 
uh, worked like a service job like that. Right. <laughs> nice. I pretty much just Lucky. been in school and yeah. No, that's. Great. I mean, that's I've, I've put myself be. in a lot of debt for this. But well, no, I, I want everybody. Well, to I be mean, in your what? Position. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But what what I, what I'm saying is, yeah. when you go out and and you get food, do uh, you like work at? Because I work extra hard to try to make that mm-hmm. the easiest. I want to be the easiest customer they had all day. That's I, also like my, when I get in a yeah. store, I want to. I want. Oh to yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to. I, I don't complain about food. Like if something comes wrong, I'm not. I don't really care. I I feel like it's all edible, and I'm grateful to have it. I don't ever. I don't. I'm not one to. Send, very rarely would I send food back. It would have to be horrific, and I haven't had an experience like that in a very long time. Right. To say this is an edible or whatever, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll just power through it. Do y'all want to hear something that? <laughs> you want to hear like a real nightmare freak me out thing that happened recently? Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys this, and Brett yeah. is involved in it. Tell me. Too. Brett is actually a part of this story. Whoa, uh, we went to a restaurant story. to eat brunch with a bunch of people, and we sat down. And the menu, I mean, you know, it wasn't the people's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault, the whole thing. But the menu came, and it didn't have a lot of vegetarian options. Mm-hmm. And it also was kind of expensive and we didn't know we weren't paying we weren't paying like but what no it, no you don't know it no it, <laughs> okay, it's in detroit it's not, okay it's not here no. so anyway Brett... no, the, it was funny because we were sitting there with tanya from the trailbillies mm-hmm. and the woman comes up and is like mm-hmm. hey, hello we have uh, a special on bloody mary's this morning they're nine dollars <laughs> and then tanya goes well, hell, what are they regularly? <laughs> <laughs> and the woman's like, I don't know. I think they're like 12 or 13. Or she's just like explaining how expensive these things normally are. Jeez. And I was just like, Gee. $12 drink? It better have like protein in it. And like, you got to get, you got to so, gut health in there. So to get in here, we, we didn't know we weren't paying yet. First of all, we thought we were going to have to pay for this food. Mm-hmm. And uh, the waitress mm-hmm. is coming around, and my wife and his wife are like, we'll share something. You know what I mean? And I don't eat breakfast. I just had a soil, and I was like, just bring me some coffee. I'll sit here with these people, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brett, though, when the menu's coming around, the, well, the lady's standing like right behind us is like, the whole fucking thing's too expensive. I hate this fucking place so much. I hate it. And I'm like, I don't think that the... I, Personally, probably the the weight weight staff. She probably has the same sentiment. Yes, <laughs> but it felt it felt mm-hmm. to, and and he wasn't attacking her. He wasn't uh-huh. saying it to her face. Uh-huh. He was just kind of and one person even talking about Didn't her. Didn't realize she was he there. He was just in a grumpy mood. <laughs> but I figured she heard it, and I was just like, I'm terrified. Like embarrassed right for. Her. I, well, no, mm-hmm. I was ter- I was scared because I thought. <laughs> Like she would be like, "Hey, I don't come up with the prices, dickhead." Rachel, he would have fucking been like, (laughs) "Rachel and caller, let me tell you the situation, man, to really paint this picture." There was only one item on the on the menu I could order: quesadilla, which is kids' food. I mean, quesadilla (laughs) is what is on the the, kids' menu. The picky eater's choice. Yes, exactly. It's right next to chicken chicken fingers. It's the vegetarian that is not very uh, adventurous with food. Mm -hmm. Um. 
It was sixteen dollars. Oh my! Peppers God. and onions and uh, cheese. Peppers and onions and cheese and a flour tortilla. The Ron Burgundy's cheaper than that at local. Like that's icky. I um and I ha- I can't even eat cheese, so it was gonna give me a stomach ache. Like it and it did. I ended up a- eating it because like my stomach was touching my fucking spine by the end of this thing, and they had leftover quesadilla, and I took a couple bites of it, and the whole ride home, I felt like my stomach was about to explode. Oh God. <laughs> oh. I can relate to you on that too. Where was this? It was at a fancy place in Detroit. It was some yeah gentrifier hotel okay. in Detroit. Berated. But but you know Brett's a sweet guy. I don't want to make it sound like he was being mean at all. I do. He was Doesn't. being grumpy to mm-hmm. me and Katie. And I didn't know she was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's an honest mistake. I mean, I say shit like that all the time, but I don't think people are listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, she's like I mean, right behind me. Katie even. I've been talking to work all the time. It fucked me and Katie up so much that even when we got home, Katie's like, "Can you believe Brett said that stuff was expensive right in front of the waiter?" But it's not like that's anything to do with her. You can say, "Oh my god, that waitress is a fucking dog." I cannot believe. That, well, I'm a proud hillbilly. I've grown. I'm going to become my father. Where I'm going to be like, "What is this little ass portions for too much money? Get out of here with this horseshit." <laughs> I like Brett is like a dream. Brett is really like a dream customer. If you're if you're working at like a a restaurant or something, he's fucking nice to everybody. He tips big and stuff like that. So I'm not saying he's like even evil. It's just man, sometimes this was we a get bad in a mood. Evil. He was a, just in a fucking mood, man. But everybody has those days. Yeah, hey, okay. fuck, dude, you wake up on the wrong side of the fucking bed. <laughs> yeah. Brett tried to get us to go to the casino the night before. We got back at like midnight. And he's like, well, I don't know. Mm. Katie, you want to go over to the casino? <laughs> like, like, I wouldn't go. Going? But uh, <laughs> it was in Canada, so we couldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah, we could have went to the Detroit one, though. Yeah. Two know. nights in Detroit. I spent two nights in Detroit in the last two weeks, and both times at the end of the night, I was like, "Well, we're not at the fucking casino. Let's just pass out." Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to hit myself in the head with a hammer if I can't gamble. Wow! <laughs> I'll hit myself in the head with a hammer if I can't gamble. <laughs> Anyways, has anything come of that? Um, um, like, are they doing an investigation, or has that already been done? For your paper oh yeah um so no i talked to the dean about it and the dean was like uh he should have talked to you about it mm-hmm. nothing's really gonna happen and i was yeah. like okay like i i can deal with it i just have a zero on the paper and i can like get up from that okay. i just i'm just gonna have to bust my ass and i really just want to graduate and i'm very done i'm just i'm just i just want to graduate but i do have a question for you is the drugs on your shirt the destroy, rebuild until God shows drugs? Yes, it is, and I don't. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> please. I've had to... this since I was fourteen. Don't judge me too hard. I just yeah. no, 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 no. It's okay. I just wanted to say I met um I met Craig Owens uh-huh. this week Did because because really? they're I coming back. To... Mm-hmm. Sorry, but... I didn't mean to interrupt. I heard they're coming back. Like they have a new single out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do, and um, 
So I met him and I and I talked to him a bit after it because he was saying that like he was from Detroit in the Michigan area. So I like shilled Means TV to him oh, and was like, you awesome. should get in contact with Nick. Yes, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm, I did even. That's really cool. <laughs> who who is drugs now? Um, they're uh, it's the reason I was into them is because Matt Good from just uh from first to last, but they're oh. like it was a band that was together for like maybe a year. They went on Warp Tour is where I got this shirt. I didn't even get to see them, but yeah, they made like one album and then they faded back Damn. into the, and it's Craig Owens from Chiodos, who's the uh-huh. lead singer, yes. and Matt Goods, who's the guitarist and singer from For First to Last. Can I say, I didn't know you were, I didn't know you were that cool back then. I, I probably would have hung out with I you. I was like a little cool. I will say, I this stuck with me for a long time. We talked about Juno once when I was a teen and you were like, no teen can be that <laughs> hip. And I was so offended inside because I was like, I think I'm cool. You were. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I was. That was a different. There's a stage. There's a lot of stages in life you go through, and one is like, I wasn't yes. That offended. But well, yeah. no. What I'm saying is, but that I saw what you said. It's a then. stage where I lived downtown, probably at that time, right? Maybe. And I was. No, probably... you lived where you lived because I was babysitting for Gwen. It was a while. Yeah. Ago. So I lived in Grandview at that time. Uh-huh. I there was a period of my life where I thought that made me very important and intelligent and uh, uh, sophisticated and stuff and hip. I thought I was like the hippest guy in the world. By the way, I was wearing like the worst pants. Well, I thought Juno was like the hippest chick in the world, but then I was like, eh. she's kind of like you know, yeah. she's not. That no, cool. you no. should no twenty year old men should not be hanging out with teenagers <laughs> like that in any sort of way. Well, I mean. <laughs> No, he was. Your, I was. No, I'm saying Ju- no, oh, Juno. Oh, oh, I mean, in the movie no, Juno I was like, fucked he was up. Just taking me to the North Market. No, I knew that. I'm saying no. I'm saying Juno is a fucked up movie now. Like, look at yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am mean, mean to like... teens too because teens aren't hip at yeah. all. They're terrible at it. Yeah. Is it about some okay. dude that's about to have a baby that falls in love with a kid? Right. No. The, the movie Juno. The baby dad is also about. a high schooler, but I will say she had a friend who dated a teacher, so that was the whole. No, wasn't story. Jason Bateman like into her no, real hardcore? It's a oh, it's a different movie. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I and think he... Jason Bateman. There is a weird. It, but oh wait, they yeah. listen to like no, records right. and I shit and weird shit. It was yes. like nothing though. Yes, it wasn't anything. Kiss or nothing. No, no but he it, thought it was something. It, that's all that matters. That there was insinuated is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. what weird about is weird about that movie. Well, She's I just naive to, and dumb. And... I, that was the other weird thing about me. It's so funny having you on the show, Rachel, because <laughs> it was like I was taking you to the north. I go to the north. You market. like shaped me a lot, like politically <laughs> and like socially, like with those talks. So <laughs> well, I go to the north. So I go to the north market probably every month uh-huh. or two, but. Uh-huh. Every time I brought one of you teens over, I was like, oh, hey, let's, you know, I like to go over to the North Market and buy some pretzels and maybe a few things. That's like our big store. Yeah, no, that's exactly (laughs) (laughs) it. I love doing that. No, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I never got out of my little, like, suburb of Columbus. So it was cool for me. And they would show me, like, they'd take me to a cool restaurant and I'd get to babysit Gwen. It was a good time. Yeah, it it is. I I tried. See, I do hang out with teens, okay? Well, none of them are left. <laughs> Rachel, I was was I think Rachel's like the last one that would even know anything about me at this point. But uh, I did good. Yeah, you know. Uh, really well, hopefully, cool. I think that there is going to be a confrontation, and I'm very interested 
and how that goes. Are you going to have to, are you going to have yeah, to Yeah, I still haven't talked to him about it. Like he, like this happened like two days before our spring break. So oh, I just talked to him about it. Daedalus stew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why do bad things always happen but right I do want, before you can't fix them? <laughs> I really don't know, but I do want to ask your guys advice on something. So, um, so I had dinner with my dad and I came out and like we were doing the poll politics thing and he's him and my mom are both really into Trump okay. and I, and like, and I've been doing canvassing for Bernie and all this stuff. And I came out to my dad as anarchist and he was like, anarchy is freedom. That's how everything should be run. And I'm like, why? Are, like, and I just, and he did not answer me like how, how this converts to him being a Trumper. I think it's like a kind of libertarian anarchy thing, and, but yeah, it's just, it, it caught me so sure. off guard I for him to just straight up say anarchy is freedom and I love Trump. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, I, I've started following the anarchy hashtag on Instagram and it's all like right wing shit. It's all the majority of the memes and all the stuff is just about, you know, like fuck it, let it burn. And like, uh, you know, there's no, con there's no community involved with it. It's just, you know, I'm on my own and I've got my truck and my gun. Yeah. Anarcho capitalism, yeah. yellow anarchy. Yes. Is very popular with like libertarians and with even probably with a lot of Trump guys, because it basically, it is their belief that the whole world will fix if we just, I mean, honestly, part of them's right in that if we did redistribute the wealth equally, which is what I would consider anarchism, because you can't have a hierarchy mm -hmm. if you, you, you create a hierarchy when, when people have more than other people. Right. And um, it's, it, they think that like that will be the best way that things can be run. Everything, everything will self-regulate and we'll all be okay. We'll get health care and that from so capitalism will provide. But yeah. like if I talk to people like that and, and they they're they're with trump i i just you know what's really hard about this is because the best way to get to a, a libertarian is with the ice raids it feels like right but it's not the best way yeah it's not though it's not the best no. way because you, you're basically gonna have like if i had to talk i would emphasize my that everybody's material needs should be met before there are billionaires that's probably where i would go because again they don't a lot of people with trump think it's great that ice is like picking kids up at school and taking them to detention centers they think oh, yeah. that's fucking great oh cool yeah but you can you can push back at like what have you gotten since trump was the president and when they start listing these mm -hmm. what they got you know what they really got was like you know, they got kids in cages. They got, they like, they didn't get anything. No. We got nothing. Me as a person, I didn't get shit when Trump was president. And, uh, you yeah. really, you, the, the idea is that, like, uh, he isn't going to give you anything. You're not, your life isn't going to get better with him. But wouldn't it be great if, 
And then yeah. you kind of start talking to them about <laughs> your philosophies and laying those things out. That's what I do. I, I kind of listen to what they think, right? Like you hear mm-hmm. these are so the f- when you start talking to your parents about politics, the first five things they say are probably the most important things they believe in. And you really need to be able to go in there and either readjust, help them readjust their priorities, or you need to go in there and tell them how, well, in this case, things would be better if we did it this way. Like, they don't hear, like, actual solutions to these things. They just hear Trump saying, I did it, and it worked. It was great, you know? And to be fair, like, I'm in a yeah. similar position. Like, my dad's a libertarian, and at least that's what he says, and he has just the... <laughs> some really conflicting views but um no matter what you say like they're not gonna come from a place of wanting to listen anyway like they see you as you know, a dumb kid pretty a much kid, yeah like so yeah yeah I, so yeah. my best advice as someone in yeah. the exact same position is i mean obviously hold your ground and <laughs> just don't expect to like change their mind ever i mean i think, yeah i feel like it's important in those points in- it's, it's really funny to play with them oh yeah no it's funny to like listen to them get mad about certain topics but it's also like funny to think like let them think they're swaying me in some way, but it's just not <laughs> the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, you you have to, in those moments, uh, if you have the chance to at least say what you believe, I don't think you should put any weight on whether or not they believe it or how they accept it. To having the opportunity to say out loud and not to accuse them of anything or to say that they're doing this or that wrong, but just to say, um, you know, I believe in Bernie Sanders for the following reasons. Uh, that that's the kind of way to keep yourself whole, and you know, be, feel, you know, you feel like you're being genuine with your family, and that you know, even mm-hmm. if they completely disagree, you got the chance to say what you said. Is it's not just like we only talk about Trump at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should at least have your opportunity, mm-hmm. and, oh. and and you don't want to spoil you don't want to spoil the relationship if you're unless you know you want to burn the bridge. You can do that, but for now, if you can politely listen and you know, like Rachel said, pretend like you're taking it in humoring it yes yeah it's been hilarious recently because we we just we just crack jokes at joe biden like every time yeah i see grounds. them it's just jokes and jokes at biden mm-hmm. yeah but i think as far as like him giving you the anarchy in and letting you or like giving you a point there like what what brian was saying last week uh, i was thinking about uh you know with jeff bezos and in that we reward people for just being the first ones to get there. It's like a capture the flag game. Like the people that made the car, it was mm-hmm. the people that got the resources. Jeff Bezos was just the first person to sell books online. Now this was eventually how all commerce was going to be done. There's no reason that the first person that tried it deserves all of the money because we're all kicking into this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taking away from our freedoms simply because he started a new cultural trend that belongs to all of us and is nothing that he has any sort of ownership over. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up his mm-hmm. net worth uh, again yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because somebody was like, he's got $65 billion. He could give away $64.5 billion and still be too comfortable for my taste. And that could also (laughs) solve like almost all of our problems. Yeah. And like I brought that up to. Yeah. I brought that up to my father-in-law. Like I just started talking to my father-in-law about it and, and trying to explain the money and stuff like that to him. 
And uh, he he said, you got to be careful when you start talking about going for rich people's money because, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about them. Like, they are hoarding <laughs> and it's not impolite to say we deserve, like, we deserve this. They think we're whining, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the other thing you got to look mm-hmm. at with the Trump side is yeah. they think that we're whining, but we are demanding what we're owed. It's mm-hmm. not whining. It's collecting mm-hmm. on what, you know, the people that came before us gave away. That's what we're here for. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to let you go, but I want to share something really fun that I heard while canvassing. Uh, like, I, I came up to an Amy Cobloucher stan, and mm. he was like, Amazon shouldn't be taxed because Amazon doesn't make money. Ew, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I have yeah, heard who's that he gonna one, too. How those employees are treated. Yeah, who's he going to, I mean, who is he, who, <laughs> who is he, like, cheerleading for? Does he hope Amazon's going to hear, yeah. hear him? Hope he hears this, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> hope he sees this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's simping for amazon and yeah. like, who does that they're like oh oh i heard one today that was like trumpers so- are simps for rich people like that's all it is they Sorry. are they are <laughs> somebody wrote into a podcast yeah and like, you always bitch about how they're the amazon hasn't paid any taxes but they paid a lot of payroll taxes it's like no, I mean the, the people's Ooh. they took that out of people's checks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I that's the other thing yeah. that infuriates me though, is if Jeff Bezos is worth hundred and twenty one billion dollars, he should have to pay his employees like quadruple what he's paying them now. Yeah. You yeah. know? Oh yeah. I mean maybe that's yeah. where the money is, Amazon. There's an Amazon yeah. in my hometown and uh like the big thing, I mean you guys have talked about it, like everyone who didn't have like a hope after high school just went straight into Amazon because they make 15 an hour yeah and they're still just like wasting wives away and it's it's like a call a lot of them lose too a lot of them get out like i mean the thing that hurts really warehouse workers especially Mm -hmm. and this is a thing that we've we've beat the hammer on through the whole times we've done this show but if your car breaks down uh and you work at a warehouse you're probably going to get fired like there isn't really an okay yeah. not to get fired at a place like that the attendance is is yeah but the amount of money <laughs> that jeff bezos has he could buy every single the person that works for him a new car and it wouldn't make any difference in his bank account <laughs> it, i mean <laughs> yeah i just yell at my grandpa and my father-in-law when we fight i always just say i'm just trying to take what i deserve and I de- we deserve more. Like, I probably don't deserve more now. I'm making money to sit around and talk. But back when I, if I was still like mm-hmm. a cable guy, I deserved more of that. Mm-hmm. Like, they were cheap. Yeah. And the, uh, fuck this. Yeah. I want it all back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like, taxes, like, that's our money. Like, we're, we're paying money we're paying money that we should be like getting back in our roads and not having potholes everywhere. And yeah. like, I don't know, making people not starving and homeless. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and it's just all going to the DOD <laughs> and they're just wasting their money. 
Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. You anything you want to shout out? Yeah, or? dude. Um, Memphis. shout out to the Memphis Mid South DSA. Mid South is yeah. such a cool, and also Memphis in general. We'll be there. Ooh. I promise. July, July. Just look for yes. Us. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, home I'll home. be around. Yeah. <laughs> Home of Jerry Lawler, home of Tommy Wright the Third, all of the greats. Elvis Presley. Yeah, he's all right. Well, I mean, you don't like Elvis, but Elvis is a big influence of one Glenn Danzig. True. Which means no Elvis, no Danzig, I'm unhappy. Elvis Blue Christmas is the best version that there yeah. is. Well, Danzig has a Blue Christmas that's actually really good, too. Oh, I haven't heard it. I'll tell you what, too. I know I said this last week. Danzig is probably our greatest American artist. One of them. Mm. One of the top greatest American. And it is a shame that people don't respect him the same way they respected like Led Zeppelin and shit like that. Like okay. Danzig should motherfucking be there. He's made so much timeless stuff. And it's all very spooky, and I really enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, I like that spooky dark man. Right. Well, <laughs> next caller, we got a couple to go. Okay. We got a, we got 15 minutes. Thanks for oh, calling shit. Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, it's Lerm. Oh, Lerm! my gosh. I didn't know you were calling. Oh, I What's yeah. up? I Howdy. Love when, I Hi. love this show. I want to do ABCD shows every week now. We get Lerm. We get Elizabeth. What is going? We have like a... This is the night. Huh? It is. This is the most fucking fun. Lerm. <laughs> Rachel, Lerm is cool. I've heard. I've heard a few shows. or I mean, maybe not a few, but I've heard you call in before. And yeah. Hey. What's that? <laughs> so how's it going? Oh, I'm good. Just hanging out um, by the fire. Pretty nice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Nice. Where at? At an indoor fireplace. Um, mm. My boo, my boyfriend's parents' house, they have a fireplace. It's Is nice. it cold where you're at? No, not at all. <laughs> you should have had it's just outdoor. For the yeah. That's oh. A, that's good. I mean, the truth yeah, is... That is that's always better. If I had a fireplace, I would use it every single day, except for exactly. the summer. Yeah, yeah, I would just, I would, it would be like, oh, hey, I just got home from work. Uh, I'll put my stuff down and get the fire started, then move on to doing other stuff. Oh, I want a fireplace. It's like such a good vibe, just like it vibing is. off the fire. It's the best vibe. I, I grew up with this dude whose grandma was like a party animal. Okay. <laughs> Brett's Brett like, okay, I'm listening. His grandma was like a super party animal, so we would go over to her house and party with her when, when we were young. You know, she That's would cool. party us up. She, I mean, and she's grandma, so you're like 16 years old, and a grandma yeah. tells you to cut the shit. You cut the shit. You know what I mean? So, party, cool. so she'd give you like a belt of whiskey and a pecan sandy or something? No, she would... <laughs> Fucking make a bunch of food, and then we would all go over there, and she would let us get drunk and high and stuff there. Did she give you pecan sandies or Werther's or anything? She didn't cook a lot of stuff like that. Party you know grandmas I mean? don't have time to bake. 
Some yeah, back of the box casseroles. No, like she didn't. She didn't really. The Stouffer's family size macaroni and cheese with yeah. the crispy edges. Yeah, she would do stuff like that. She'd get that rolling. Yeah, you're right. You're on the right track there. She wasn't like the grandma that cooks like, like the hey, best cookies. Looks know? like we got a bunch of hungry men in here. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> they were five for I ten. Feed you all for cheap. <laughs> there you go. So we used to go. Uh, Damn, I oh we used to go over there and party all the time, but one of the best features of it was they had one of those big wood wood burning stoves. Uh-huh. Like they had in houses back in like the days of when that, that movie The Lighthouse, like it back in those days. Little House on the Prairie shit. People, yeah. Hey, people still have them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just she had them and it was very nice, and it had these two big balls on it. You could pull them off of it. <laughs> And they were hot, and they were hand warmers. <laughs> what? Hot balls? Hot they balls were these big, hands? hot, nice. like, brass balls. <laughs> Ooh. And you, you guys are the gross ones. This isn't weird. They're b- orbs. Orbs. No, orbs. I support it. Spears. Yeah. <laughs> they were spears. Well, stop spears. being perverts about the balls. I mean, I can't help that it sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, neither can I. Balls. That's the fucking problem. <laughs> I can't make it sound less funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had the hand warming balls in it, and you could also, <laughs> which incidentally, when I'm outside and I'm really cold, mm-hmm. I also put my hands on my balls to warm them. So <laughs> there are hand warming it's balls. Warm. It's a warm spot. <laughs> it is. But I anyway, think. I just like, uh, I loved that thing. And I always have wanted one now. But I will yeah. never live in a situation where I can have one of those. I really like, um, I've been playing a lot of Skyrim lately, and the way those fireplaces are set up in Skyrim are really cool. It's like an open fireplace kind of thing. I think that would be really dope. Yeah, just like yeah. completely yeah. open. It'd be super cool. Anyway, <laughs> just off. Well, uh, I, care- I uh, helped lug um, a fire, like a gas burning, or, oh my God, what am I talking about? A wood stove, fire burning wood stove, up to the cabin I was living in this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not set up yet. You have to like, you know, get pipes and stuff and cut holes in the wall so that the, everything can come out or whatever. Uh-huh. But, you know, I have, you know, my, uh, friends in Vermont all have, everybody in Vermont, it seems like has wood burning stoves and that's how you heat up your house. It's sustainable. And pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty awesome. You do yeah. have to like feed it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yield and ways, but I mean... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty freaking cool, though. I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of getting into the homesteading thing anyway, like wanting to live off the land. So that's are you are you go- are you going back out to the cabin, Lerm? I'm trying to. Um, I w- Yeah, I was there all summer, but definitely visiting again because um, we moved uh, at the beginning of the year to Providence, which is awesome. Oh, uh, hey, you know, yeah, you get in so for free. Oh yeah. yeah, but I actually wanted to um, talk about the. I did a little. I dabbled a little bit in the canvassing for Bernie. Oh, oh how'd nice. that go? Um, good. I mean, I did. I only did it twice. Um, and so, like, you know, I moved to Rhode Island in January and um, started going. The two times I went was to New Hampshire because of that very important primary, which Bernie won. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the first time, like, pretty much 
no one even opened their door, which was kind of a bummer. Uh Um, But I did have good luck meeting just, like, random people who were supporting Bernie, which was cool. Like, uh, there was, like, a mailman walking around. Um, The, like, it was, like, sort of a mobile home neighborhood, and there's, like, mail slots in, in all in the middle, and he was, like, you know, going around doing the mail, and he was, like, who are you out for? And I was, like, Bernie. He was, like, yeah. And then when I was walking around later, he gave me some hand warmers. Which was oh, very nice. nice. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, very supportive. I'm kind of wondering, because when I did it, uh, there were so many out loud Bernie people that the Biden folks, you just can't reach. I mean, they're going to be closed, walled off people that are just going to go do their vote. They're not going to be accountable. It's It was really surprising to me and upsetting, like to see the Super Tuesday results, because when I went and talked to folks, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be like, I thought I was going to be arguing all day. Like I, I signed up to do it to like get into arguments, yeah. which I don't mind doing. Yeah, you were ready, ready for that. <laughs> But it was like it was like there was times where it was just like we were convincing people to be more adamant about Bernie. It was like, well, he's doing all this other great stuff too. Well, Brett, I I do think That's he's a good position to be in. I also feel like he is popular. He's very pop. He polls as like a very popular politician. Like our most in the country the most popular politician he, well people really like him people i heard more than once that people said like uh the thing i know about bernie is i know exactly what he's going to say next to do because he's been saying the same <laughs> thing for 30 or 40 years yeah. they're like there's no surprises yeah, about people trust him yeah yeah, yeah that's and he never changes tune and i i met you know, there was, we had a Biden person that just said Biden, Biden, Biden. And we started like saying stuff and they said Biden, Biden, they Biden. They waved their hand at us. Like and literally just said, that's all they said? That's all they did was wave, they waved their hands and said Biden, 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 right, Biden, Right, because Biden. they don't want to oh talk God, about funny. issues. They, right. They those don't people dis- don't want to have a discussion about issues because it makes them feel bad about yes, who they are. That they're going to say some people shouldn't receive things. They're good. They're going to come mm-hmm. up with means testing or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one like. Uh, yeah, I mean, there weren't, nobody was really super crazy, because then the second time I did it, it was the day of the primary in New Hampshire, so it was okay. like, get out the vote, Right. and we were kind of getting, like, the dregs of the list, so, like, everyone who was already really for Bernie, like, had, someone had already talked to them, and, like, made sure they got to the polls or whatever, Right. so, it was a lot of, yeah, I didn't really encounter many Bernie supporters, um, and I did have this Pete lady just like yelling at me. Nice. <laughs> See, I didn't have yeah. to. Yeah. I didn't have to do that. I, I I probably would have been a little bit more defeated if I had to defend against those type of folks. Well, I mean, what was? But that one was crazy because it was like, like so everybody had. There's like you know people leave pamphlets or whatever in the doors, and in this woman's house there was um, a postcard like taped to the inner door that was like a Pete postcard. And so, like, I just assumed she was on my list, and I was like, okay, uh, someone, some Pete person left us here, which I've actually not really even seen Pete flyers otherwise, but I no, just assumed gone. that. So I knocked on the door, and she comes out, and she's like, hey, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm here volunteering for the Bernie campaign. And she just starts going off. She's like, can't you people read? Like, I like Pete. And she was like, she was like screaming at me, this like old ass woman. That's libs. Um, man. Liberals are mean. 
They know it. That's why what? they're projecting it on us. The Bernie, the the noble Bernie bro. And she wouldn't even let me cut in and say like, you know, because I was trying to say like, oh, I, you know, misunderstood what this was. I thought someone had left it here and like, uh-huh. you know, I'll be leaving or whatever. But she wouldn't even let me speak. She was just like yelling at me. She had her opportunity to pounce on and yell at a Bernie person. Um, yeah. And there's a house in my neighborhood that it's just depressing but it had an amy sign a biden sign, a bloomberg sign and a pete <laughs> sign in it wow that all is an intense it was all of them in is the it same a conflicted yard family or like mm. one person going through the list Th- that's a never bernie that's this a hashtag a- never bernie. <laughs> yeah oh, wow. that's a that you, you, i yeah. walk by this never bernie's house every day he had bloomberg first to be fair sad that's sad then he got the other ones, but Bloomberg probably had a better mail system or what. I hear Bernie or people order Bernie signs. They're like, "Can we get it in like maybe the next three weeks or something like that?" And uh, anyway, uh, I walked by it again yes today and yesterday, but today, but I discovered that all of them are gone except for one, and it's mm. the Biden one. And it has a uh-huh. Mayor Pete sticker on it. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> that's the ticket they want. No, that's the dynamic duo. Yeah, that would be the worst thing. I think from now on, people hate Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Uh, Man, I, mean, I hope I just never hear from that guy ever again. I know. He's, he's going to go down like, as a villain. He's, he's going to come up with something else that he wants on his resume. He's going to go down as a villain of history, I think, I for a lot of us. I think <laughs> we're going to remember that so. name. So, um, Lermy, I want to ask you a question, though, after to doing all this canvassing, because this is what kind of the, the switch that flipped inside of me was I later, after canvassing, went over to a friend's house and they were talking about and their parents were talking about the mainstream media, like some MSNBC show that was talking about Bernie bros and how mean they were. And there was this big conversation about how mean people were online. And in that That's- moment, I was just immediately insulted because of the level of hate and bigotry that like the Trump people are putting out there that like yeah. that swastika I mean, got flown. Yeah. And and I'm going door to door and saying, hey, would you think about your neighbors that don't have health care? Let's give it to okay. them. And I'm in and, and you're we're getting lumped in and they're giving actual airtime to this narrative that we're just the meanest assholes in the world when it's really just that we've finally started sticking up for ourselves, because I think that liberal the liberal mindset is like, I give a fuck about me. You understand? I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because I give a fuck about me. And you, uh-huh. we've never had the power, we've never had the ability to, to talk and organize in a way and really be disrespectful to fucking rich people in a way that makes them feel bad. And that's what it is. Like they, it's weird yeah. to, to see the the people that are so, the woke people that push identity politics as the number one thing and are just completely willing uh, to ignore Bernie Sanders as offering uh, the same type of message that AOC is or Tlaib or all any of those people like there there are AOC fans that fucking hate Bernie Sanders and would never vote for him, you know, and it's this weird disconnect. And I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's definitely like a disconnect doesn't make any sense. And well, I'm not on Twitter. So like, 
my brain is preserved. Maybe it's more intact. I don't it's know. Pure, <laughs> but, it's wholesome. Uh, it's a good brain. Like, <laughs> it I just like it seems like such an insane comparison to make when like one, yeah, like Trump people, you know, Charlottesville, like actual Nazis, actual Nazis at the Bernie Sanders rally and like I don't know. The, the identity politics stuff is annoying as like just like being a woman and like seeing people being like Elizabeth Warren, you know, what a loss for women. Mm-hmm. But like, I just want everyone to have health care. Yeah. No, like, I definitely. That's more important. Share your that's frustration. That's a feminist issue. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Like you see a lot of people that are just like, oh, you're, um, you're betraying your sisters by yeah. voting for the bur- like, going with the no, Bernie I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help everyone. Yeah, no, that's exactly and, yeah. <laughs> and the like, uh, you know, all these old white men or whatever, like, it's just so flattening. It's like not what you know, not what because Milan, like the Bernie coalition is like not about Bernie necessarily, mm-hmm. but like everyone, everyone else, mm-hmm. um, and that's like in the slogan. So it's just like. It's just ridiculous to like even talk about like bros on Twitter or whatever, as if like that's the whole movement. Yeah, and that's when I, I mean, I, I've really, I've really avoided the, I've really focused on, and I was really excited by the amount of folks that were excited about Bernie, and and yeah, those are the people that I know I can rely on. Like though, I will remember them forever. The people that you know were down for the cause that I randomly knocked on their door and talked to them about it. Um, because looking at yeah, the, the other people that you meet, like wall canvas, like the other canvassers or whatever, because I got on a bus and did the Bernie journey or whatever. Yeah. And like, on the bus, like the conversations you're having with people and it's just like, it's like all kinds of people too, like all ages and, you know, all different kinds of lives. And it's nice that everyone can get kind of on the same page for something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of spin and there's a lot of, conservativeness that that is working against you know uh what we're trying to do and i mean if you pay attention the biden stuff like really does hurt my heart to know that people are willing to just go pull the lever for the guy and you know you talk you talk you talk to people that make up their own narratives about candidates i talked to somebody that was like uh we we mentioned or said said that bernie was like doing civil rights activism in the 60s and someone said wasn't elizabeth warren and we were like no she was a fucking republican and they were like really pretending to be native american yeah yeah like they had made (laughs) up they had made up a thing that she was just the female bernie and like we hated women like they were they were like they thought she matched toe to toe and i was like no not at all wow it's a very different thing the power of memes i guess the Elizabeth it is. Warren thing, I gotta tell you, is a is powerful heel turn to mm-hmm. me. I felt. I mean, uh-huh. look, she's gonna get elected probably now sometime because she's the she chose sides, and when you're on that side, you get to get you get your shot at the president. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get your shot. You get at the to be I mean, yeah. Whatever. I don't even want to like. What is there to say? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say that then you get to be on SNL, but like, who cares? Whatever. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, mean, yeah. I don't need to talk like, about her anymore. She's yeah. done. Yeah, I agree. Well, she could endorse, but In she's the, probably going to Biden anyway. So I think, you know, I, you know, I think maybe I, it doesn't matter what happens right now. Uh, getting the presidency is a fucking lofty goal. And we don't yeah. have a broad coalition of people 
that is a gigantic movement, but we do have a fucking shot and everybody, you know, I'm going in on it too. I'm trying to help. We're all trying to do our thing. But, you know, uh, as I was also canvassing, when I was talking about Morgan Harper, who is the person that we had on, that we interviewed earlier this week, there were several people that were also very excited about her. So uh, it's like local politics right now, there are a lot of people that are pushing boundaries and we've seen them get elected. We've seen street fight representatives make it to the office. We've seen DSA candidates are a thing now. And uh, this is becoming a this is becoming a more grassroots movement that is not going to me- ever move at the pace that we want it to. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be as fast as we could ever want. But it is. I mean, I the DSA uh, cards that we were handing out said "Vote Socialism" on March seventeenth, and I was running around handing that out and just thinking about Bye. when I was like eight years old. My parents bought me this toy machine gun Mm -hmm. and you put like eight double D batteries in it. And the thing just fucking shook like a jackhammer and it was painted (laughs) like the American flag. And I can just imagine all they wanted me to do was use that American a flag machine gun to shoot down some fucking socialists. A good old boy um, enlist. And yeah, but it was, it was, Uh, I was just that. I think that's pretty good. People know, I mean, people know what is up right now. People know where we're at. People are educated on the subject. And the conversation I had afterwards with somebody else was that people think that America is moderate when most of the people you talk to are pretty fucking, they're extremists. Everyone is an extremist in their own unique way. And we have a lot of cute, confused people that have chose like radical centrism or whatever it is, or like. I'll never but like ta- that's an extreme. That's like an extreme point of it view. Is. It just doesn't seem that way because of like the you know stoop that we're living in. Of like sure, I was talking to somebody. Right wing. I was talking to somebody about Bernie. It's like, sure, he he can get elected, but what can he do? And it's like, I don't know better than what I'm listening. Trump is going on. I don't yeah. give a fuck what yeah. he can or cannot do. Like, yeah, why, don't we... why are you saying no? Let's not take a chance. I don't get it. Yeah, like right. some, yeah. we're blue, we're blue no matter who here. Why not go for the person that can benefit people? I yeah, don't get yeah, it. Like it's make the you primary. Feel good. What do you well, think the primary is for? Yeah. Right. The thing about the 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 thing about them also is that it's like. Uh, I think that they hate him and they hate us because we are we are demanding and more. he is demanding yeah. to be able to hand us more. Mm-hmm. And I I really think like the managerial class of people, right? They do not really want us to have the kind of freedom that um that have that healthcare and college would give us. We would then yeah, I mean, I mean it's like be... thinking that other people having a baseline of a standard of living somehow brings you down. Oh, but yeah. like really, it raises everyone. Up yeah, that's exactly what you, it is. We would crowd their science face. centers mm-hmm. and their fancy restaurants and their exclusive parks, and we'd be better. able to buy houses in their neighborhoods. Yeah, you know? yeah, they wouldn't be able to feel mm-hmm. holier than that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really part of it. I think. I think it's like this isn't fair because the Democrat. It feels like this. It feels like, because I've watched a few campaigns now, and it feels like the Democrats are saying, come on, man, it's not fair to say that you're going to do stuff. You got to say... Yeah, that's like it's cheating. Yeah, you got to <laughs> say... It's cheating to tell people that their lives could suck less. 
Yeah, yeah, and the, I think they're also like, don't you're not allowed to say concrete steps for this stuff. Like, if he probably, if he came out and just said, I want to give power back to the working people in America, that probably they would have been had more palatable with that because it doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> what he's doing is offering us power. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's offering so much he's offering to expunge felony weed records mm -hmm. you know what i mean Dude, like, like and that needs to happen like yeah. yesterday yeah he's definitely. trying to fucking change the whole way we look at things it's a small step everybody's like you know he's not as radical as i'd like and it's like he isn't as radical as i would like either because i would like somebody yeah to just tear but that's the thing is that states. like you know he's, but he's dying we can we can but... work harder for we can work harder and get more people on our side if we live in a society where people are fucking taken care of we can keep demanding right. more forever well, in perpetuity. And know? I've even thought, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the Bernie people that you see at now, those like the, 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 uh, factory workers that show up, the teachers unions that show up, those people do have to go back to work. Like they're still working all the time and they're not going to be fully activists all the yeah. time. But the type of change that you're talking about does make it available for more working class people to start spending their time on things like rent strikes or healthcare or what I mean, i'm or sorry art art or like a fucking well, organizing i mean the, I, the job yeah. they want and that, i mean that happens at work too so yeah i mean even if we created a baseline where you could spend some time finding a job you want mm -hmm. instead of just immediately taking one and holding it on holding on to it for dear life because they let you go to the hospital is kind of mm -hmm. like uh that's what I mean, and I think like that's the kind of conversations I want to have with people, and that's why canvassing is so hard for me because I want to be able to be like, let's have like a real conversation. Let me and you sit down, and I can I will give you what I believe works, and you can tell me what you believe works, and see if we can find some common ground. And you know what? Most of the time, all of the stuff I say. My father-in-law is very good about this. He agrees with every point by point by point by point thing I say. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, that's socialism. And he's like, well, I don't like that. And it's like, okay. So the cognitive we won't use the fucking just... word then, dude. <laughs> God, I mean, I like the word. So I'm going to use it. I like communists. Tell you good the word. Yeah. Yeah. Social, like, seems like you have friends and... <laughs> having a good time yeah it does yeah it does yeah well thanks for calling larm yeah thank you um can i plug some stuff absolutely plug, yes you can <laughs> um so tomorrow is the full worm super moon so it's a full moon and also a super moon and it's also the worm moon which is a real wow. thing i didn't even make it That's up quite the alignment uh I, yeah, I, it's pretty awesome. I'm going to have to make a phone call and see if this is true. I'm going to call these people I know in NASA. <laughs> we call the moon. But, okay, yeah. um, I, hello. You actually, <laughs> Sorry. You can actually read about it in my newsletter. So I'm starting like an art newsletter for anyone who wants to keep up with art that I'm doing and facts about worms. I'm also going to be reviewing, I'm ranking the top famous worms like from movies and TV and stuff. Cool. Um, Where's that? So, just like, 
sneak peek, but uh, Earthworm Jim is on that list, right? Yeah, someone, so that's not like, it's a video game, right? And a show. Yes, yes, it was, yeah. It's one of the best video games they ever it made. Came up, it came up in my research, but I am not a gamer, so you know what? <laughs> I don't have, mm. I know, I might have to look into it, but I don't have uh, familiarity with it already, but well, I did hear of it, and it's super weird, like, his look is pretty crazy. <laughs> you have a gaming, do you have a console or anything? Uh, no. <laughs> well, so, I'm going to order it for you. <laughs> I'm Here's what I would say, uh, just because I know you're an artist. Um, so the cartoon is really good because all of the character designs are good. All of the like caverns and stuff that Earthworm Jim. Is it have. other worms? No, In there's the there. No, there's a whole other types of monsters and creatures that Earthworm Jim wow. fights against. Um. But Doug Tenapple is the creator and has a bunch of incredible um, graphic novels that are some of my favorites. Oh, I th- cool. I think, he's a wow. ter- I, I think he has bad politics, but I still love... <laughs> I mean, he was a big inspiration for me and, like, my drawing and, like, the, the, anim- the, the motion that he has and, like, all of the stuff that he mm-hmm. does. Like, I really have enjoyed everything I've read of his, so I would definitely get it. Yeah, and it looks like... Earthworm Jim seems pretty powerful. His physique is powerful. So I could see how you'd be inspired. Yes. The other <laughs> but, um, other popular worm, I want to say, the video game worms. You know that one? Where they're like have they do warfare against each other? They have like guns. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's turn based strategy. You can load yourself up with what? like guns and bombs and grenades. You can do like kamikaze Ooh. pilot stuff too, even. But everyone, all these worms are scattered across like this different environment, and they have to like obliterate each other. And that worms Armageddon, one of the best games ever. Worms, I never the heard of it. Finest games ever made. I wonder if it's on uh, Switch. It's it, it has a physics aspect to it as well because they give you the wind. They tell you which way the wind is blowing and how fast, so you can like time your wow. like rockets and stuff so that they can like you know. Cut yeah, sometimes the wind goes so strong that you'll shoot it right, and the whole thing will turn backwards and go left. It's hey, great. and you know, make sure gummy worms are represented. Gummy worms, my favorite worms. Just the the candy. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess mean, that's famous. They are. Uh, but um, the yeah. way that you find out about all the worm rankings is by signing up to my email list. Um, which the link is in my Instagram bio. So it's at Lermworm on Instagram. That's L-E-R-M worm. So yeah, you can sign up and I'm sending a newsletter out tomorrow and I'm going to tell you all about the worm moon and like my opinions about worms. And I'm also going to be doing um, like a comic giveaway and like a, you know, showing my painting process and art stuff. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's yeah, gonna be cool as hell. And we'll see you in Providence, Larm. I'm excited. Yeah. And we did get we had a special printing of your your mini zine, How to Live Your Dream Life, which which will be coming as a bonus with uh, Street Fight Zines very soon. Awesome. One of our nice favorite. Nice to talk people. to you. Guys. Yeah. Have a good night. All right. Last call. All it's right. an it's an anonymous call. We've had racists in the chat all night long. So I don't know what it could be. Do you want to? You don't want to roll the dice. They've wasted. They've they they have waited a very long time. What do you think it's going to be? 
I don't know because it like they will wait over an hour sometimes. I don't know if they're that pathetic or if it's some sort yeah, of uh, if it's are. an automated it's system. It's not pathetic. They are, their goal is to get the N word played on our show, and they're waiting because they, they know they can't pick, and then they wait. Brian, you know what? If I can't gamble tonight, I'm going to hit myself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> so let's fucking oh they no they're here. Let's hear. Let's see who we got them. Sorry, I thought they left. Let's hear they. Let's hear they. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Not racist. Please don't be racist. Oh, it's hanging. It's taking forever. What happened to the chat? Definitely. I, mean, I think the computer Hello? dropped on purpose. Hello? Yes, it's not a racist. It's not a racist. I told you. <laughs> oh. Uh, what's up? Uh, this is Sophie. I'm calling from Australia. Um, what? Yay. Friends with Jamie Peck. I think you guys know her. I oh, it's one of the best. Uh, I went to Claremont Lounge with yeah, her. Yeah, I've been on her show a few times. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, I was wondering if that was me when you're talking about an anonymous person who might be a racist. <laughs> well, we've <laughs> like, had we me. <laughs> we've had we've uh, had these people calling in and like just use playing a song <laughs> with slurs in it. And I just figured yeah. it's the end of the show and uh, they're going to get us. And they wait. They will wait like an hour and a half sometimes to just do it. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. of course. Hey, um, you know. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Well, it's Monday afternoon in Australia. So uh, right. usually I'm at work, but it's actually Labor Day in Australia. So I figured this was my one chance. And it's an ABCD show, so I was like, "Yeah, I should just go oh, for it." You won I'm big so on this glad. gamble, three yes. sevens. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say, what uh, if it's someone who really wanted to get on? So, oh wow, uh, yeah. this is a happy ending to the show. Uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe to end your show, I thought something you might enjoy would be I talking about how I used to work at the Bohemian Grove. <gasps> um is a thing that i did as a teenager um really i Bo yeah i a server there um so it's kind of a, a good nexus for you guys because i have some bad uh food service stories but it was also at like a weird illuminati place yeah <laughs> so here's i learned about bohemian yeah. grove uh, by watching Alex Jones DVDs. I would download them <laughs> off the internet, SVCDs. I would burn them onto a CDR and I would play them. And there was my favorite one uh, was he would, he was at this gas station and he, he walks up to this truck and he's like, Hey, have you heard about any of the things going on over there at Bohemian Grove? And this kid <laughs> This kid looks at him and his like eyes are just slits. Like he's so fucking high. And he's like, oh yeah, man, I have heard of that, man. That's I have heard of that. And Alex Jones just looks at the camera and he's like, folks, you heard it here first. They've been sacrificing children to the Algod Moloch here at Bohemian Grove. I probably went to high school with that kid. Like, yeah. That's like everyone where he I grew up. He was so fried. Yeah. It was funny because when I was I was up in the middle of the night on like acid watching that thing, like smoking cigarettes, I was like, oh my God, this kid knows about it. But I went and watched it recently and I was like, that guy was stoned out of his mind. <laughs> and Alex Jones just, 
absconded him in the parking lot. That's a special acid trip yeah, choice. Yeah. yeah, well, like, everyone I know worked there because it was one of the only jobs that you could get um, in the summer uh, in Sonoma County. And it's just, you know, it's like, it was a good job. It paid, like, $12 an hour, uh, but it only lasted, like, a few weeks. So you could do it on your summer vacation and then uh yeah but it was it was actually i wrote an article for gawker about it which you can find but and i also went on the uh, q anon anonymous podcast oh, and shit. talked about it there but um it was actually not particularly exciting although one of my friends did a very good burn on um jeb bush while we were there which was which was fun um what, what was that well, so basically they're basically it was just like a regular shitty service industry job working yeah, there except say, the people wanna, that you're serving. Is it yeah, like a country that? club or something? Is it a private club? Yeah, I thought it yeah. was like It's like a gentleman's club. It was like creepy. Richard yeah. Nixon said it was something where like a bunch of guys run around holding each other's dicks in their hands or something like they that run around and cool. do like elephant walks and shit. It's just like a weird I mean, male- probably. I mean it's just it's a bit place where all of these incredibly rich conservative people just like go get drunk in the summer. Okay. Um, and Do weird shit. Just, it's like the Bohemian Club, which has you know existed for like 150 years in San Francisco, which is just one of those like really fancy gentlemen's <laughs> clubs where you have to pay like fifty thousand dollars a year to be a member. And then the, the Bohemian Grove is like their summer getaway. It's like where they go up in the Redwoods and they just like hang out and drink and like, you know, sleep with sex workers. And like just they, their whole thing is trying to be like, oh, we're getting away from all of our cares in the regular world. And like, you know, all the things that we have to worry about as incredibly rich people. Uh, but yeah, do they, so do they, indeed, do they actually yeah. burn a child effigy in the name of the Al God Moloch, though? <laughs> they do burn an effigy at the beginning. It's there's this thing called the cremation of care ceremony that happens yeah. at the beginning, and that is sort of like the idea is like now we're like letting loose and like yeah we're gonna like put on some weird fucking robes while we do it. So it is definitely like trying to be like we're cool like masons or something. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know, you don't get to see any of that shit if you work there, you know, like I did as, uh, and actually as a woman, you don't even get to go out of a very, very specific area in the camp because they don't want you there. I fucking, that that place, we could do so much good. I'm just saying that I don't want to say anything (laughs) out of the ordinary, but a lot of good could be done at that place. It's, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely true. And one of the weird things is like when you're a teen and you're working there, you're just sort of like, I am just like so below even like the radar of anyone who works here. I am just like a worm to them. I just don't yeah. even exist to yeah, them. I mean, that's kind of grownups are aliens. I mean, sick. I mean, true to you're a teenager and like you're not just looking at like a bunch of uh, dudes, which when you're a teenager, just older dudes freak you out a little bit. But you're <laughs> like, look, they're the most powerful older dudes in the world. <laughs> um, but it also 
kind of doesn't even matter, like, as you said, because you're just like, I'm just in a service industry job. Like, I could basically be anywhere. And, like, you're just still trying to get away with the same shit that you would everywhere. Um, <laughs> they're very uptight about, like, your appearance. They're very uptight about, like, you know, if you have a piercing not in your ears and you're not a girl, you have to take it out. You can't have visible t- tattoos. Like, they're, like, really crazy about that kind of stuff. Um they will fire you for like anything because they have just like an endless line of people they can replace you with. I got fired actually on my last day um, because my the guy who I was serving breakfast with like fucked up everyone's orders by like not being able to read his own handwriting. <laughs> and so they were just like, okay, you guys are both out. And I was just like, cool. Wow. <laughs> but what? Yeah, it was it was pretty whack. Um, I mean, I was just already like, I hate this place, fuck this place, whatever. Uh, you had I just the. Went and did you have my shift. Did you have any idea how important that place would be in? Because, like, I, I'm sure no, you go there and. It. Yeah, I 100% knew. I mean, we were all. I mean, you know, it depends on who you were. There are a lot of different kinds of people who worked there, but some of us we were very aware of it, and we were like, "Holy shit, are we going to see like Donald Rumsfeld or like George Bush or whatever?" Yeah. And like, as I said, we'll tell the story of my friend uh, who. <laughs> so my friend was working there, and uh, they have like all these, you know, rules because it is like a small number of staff feeding a lot of people and um so they are like you know if you want to get a milkshake you have to do it like before 8 p.m because after 8 p.m the pastry chefs are like working on dessert or whatever and so jeb bush like flagged down my friend and was like uh can i have a milkshake and she was like oh i'm sorry sir which they make us all call them like sir and like or like gentlemen we have to call them gentlemen um (laughs) and Sorry, sir. Uh, it's after 8 p.m., so like I can't do that. And he was—he literally was like, "Can I speak to your manager?" And she was like, uh, "Sure, go right ahead." Uh, and the manager came over and he like explained the exact same thing to him. And then Jeb Bush was like, literally, like, "Do you know who I am?" And they were, all that they over were a like, fucking milkshake. Uh, Yes, uh, we do know who you are, but I'm sorry, the milkshake rule still applies to you. (laughs) It's so nice uh, when when you have a manager that's just going to come and say, like, no, I mean, what they told, they told you, (laughs) they they didn't have to come get me. They told you what the rule was. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, that was always the best, but what, that is, that is such a funny story that, like, he first is like, uh. First of all, what kind of a freak sits around at a at a bar or whatever and drinks a milkshake? First hey, of all, hey, it I mean, sounds like, like your therapy. Dining. Yeah. It's what was like, that? Yeah, I mean, they could also be drinking five hundred dollar bottles of wine, which I have friends who like stole them and drank them on their ship. But um, <laughs> they definitely uh, also like dumb shit, like drinking a milkshake. But, they probably yeah, want them drinks milk. Right? He seems like a milkshake guy. Yeah, I mean that's it's just you got He's to. He's definitely I mean, a milkshake guy. Yeah. You got to. He said you got to. Listen, I, I mean, yeah, this is absurd. <laughs> a milkshake doesn't cost as much as this Louis the Fourteenth. These people are swilling. <laughs> it's ice cream and milk. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is. I, I tell you what, though. Very uptight about 
any of the food. They were just like, if we ever catch you eating any food on your ship, then you're just like gone. They're always like that. Let me tell you something, too. Yeah. That motherfucker was probably paying ten thousand dollars to get to told he can't have his little ice milk. Yeah. Uh, oh, what, you, it's what, like fifty thousand dollars a year to be a member, and then I'm sure it costs more to like go to the camp and stuff. And, Harrisburg, yeah. Pennsylvania. After the show, me, Brian, and Jake were at a diner. We got some filling. We had all of our dinner. And we asked if we could get milkshakes, and the waitress was like, ah, man, we don't normally do them this late, but there's nobody around. I can make a milkshake for you. Yeah, she said, you guys seem cool. I'll make a milkshake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So we got Fucking custom awesome. milkshakes after 8 p.m. That's the kind of life we're living, yeah. Jeb Bush. <laughs> yeah, Jeb. Yeah. We can get a milkshake after 8 p.m. Yeah. We're renegades, dude. We don't have to live by your like old school standards where no one can have a milkshake after 8 p.m. <laughs> We don't have to live to the yeah. high society bullshit. We're, We're fucking like Motley Outlaws. <laughs> Jeb Bush is Jeb Bush. You know what I mean? Me and Brett live like Motley Crue. He's a fuddy duddy. Yeah, fuck that guy. How much is it? Yeah. Did you say it's 50000 a year to be there? It might be more than that, but it's definitely at least 50000 a year to a be a year. member. Uh, I, yeah, I, and I, also like a big meeting. Dude, but. To, to get in there. You get to run around naked with your friends and sh- set shit on fire, how and they get we, wasted. How great would it be? Is Everywhere we, you, to not pee in front of like staff members, but I know a lot of people have seen people like peeing on trees. Stuff. Those guys love peeing outside. You know what? I love peeing outside too, and I do it, but they never get to do it. So, like, as soon as they're out in camp, as soon as they're out camping or something outside somewhere, they whip their little pee pee out and, like, you know, spray a a tree. Guy instinct, I think. No, peeing outside does fucking rock. Because here's the thing about peeing, right? (laughs) When you're in the bathroom, you got to hit the toilet. It's like, eh, whatever. You well, know, no, you but nowadays, do- this new modern way of peeing, you can't pee in the water too hard because it's too aggressive. So you have to curl it around the bowl so that it's quieter. <laughs> that's that's the beta male lifestyle. I don't do that. Days. I pee right into the water. <laughs> no, I curve it around the bowl to not be too aggressive. <laughs> well, I'm an aggro pisser. Okay. Uh I, I don't even know how I got to peeing in a toilet. <laughs> yeah. I comp- I totally oh. forget where I was going. All right, but uh, yeah. you're talking about uh, yeah. rich men pissing outside. Yeah, they like to pee outside. Yeah. I, I I but when you pee, I was explaining why it's great to pee outside. It's because you don't have to hit anything. It's like this fucking moment Free, of real yeah. freedom, freedom where you can just fucking you know. You get to whip the little guy out there, and he just gets to go wherever he fuck he wants to go, and it's nice. It's a good feeling. You All know? right, that's you, but not fifty thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, you can just do that. You don't have to pay. Yeah. I'm telling you, you can fucking somewhere in the wilderness and you know, pee. have your own land to piss on. Like, why you gotta? I don't get rich people. Yeah. I don't. You got Brett. Brett. So. So, like, at this point, it is you get to pee outside, and you get... Me and Brett can pee outside anytime for free. We've done it a million times. We pee outside all the time. (laughs) So, that's we can do that for free. It doesn't cost us any money. And then, two, we can get milkshake after 8 o'clock. We're, like, really living that Bohemian Grove life. Really? Yeah. 
Studio, yeah, we're living true. like more like Studio Four than Bohemian and Groves, don't have right? To hang out with like Henry Kissinger, so that's a yeah. plus all around. Yeah, I mean, I would be. I look if I could get a camera in there so I could see them cutting loose, I would totally get that. But they probably use the N word a lot. Oh, in they're that very room. strict about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're strict about not saying far. it. Oh, about not saying what? Any, uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I said I, I think oh. they're in that room saying the N word, probably. Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. But they're very strict about like cell phones. Like someone yeah. I talked to who worked other parts of the camp said that they saw someone like smash one of the members' cell phones because they like brought it in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're not allowed. Oh, damn. God, they're wild. Yeah. Fucking idiots. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. And you. Yeah, where can we find right. more? Yeah, if you get another chance, please call in. I want to only talk about yeah, Bohemian sure. Grove forever. So uh, I'm in your Facebook group, and yeah. So What's the name you again? Can, you can Google Sophie Wiener. Um, W-E-I-N-E-R. Yeah, cool. that's my last name. It's kind of funny. Um, cool. All right. Well, have a good night, guys. Uh, and thanks. Uh, glad that I didn't disappoint. Um, no, you did amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It was incredible. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be too gross in that, but I do say I support women pissing outside too, especially when they're like it's squatting the down same. and they fall oh, over and they just start laughing and awful. then you have to help them up and tell them that it's well, okay. It, but it's I've not done the same that. I, I like it. I, you I mean, piss on your clothes. I know. Yeah. I know, Baby's and it like, makes me Baby like you. And it, it, it's I respect it. I do not shy away from it. It makes me crack up Ugh. to see a woman behind the dumpster falling over in heels while she's trying to right. squat. My mom is a freaking crazy <laughs> savage, though. Like, she is legit pulled on the side of the road, like, on a backcountry road and, like, pissed on the side of the road and then, okay. like, took off. She has a method. Like, shook it dry. Like, my mom is... <laughs> Your mom rides motorcycles around. <laughs> she's, right? Yeah. She's, she's yeah. like a motorcycle lady. She's a motorcycle lady. <laughs> so, she's yeah. rough and tough. She changed my battery in my car. She's cool. Yeah, motorcycle. Okay, good. But but yeah, the 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 reason I say it's so great for men is because like it is free. I don't think it's freedom if you're a woman. It's like the opposite yeah, of yeah. freedom. It's a challenge. It's, you because you as have fun. to, not because you want yeah, to. For sure. <laughs> they have those like she go things, but it doesn't seem like Man, that would be a better. I'll have yeah. to pee sometimes. I'll just be sitting watching TV, and I'll have to pee sometimes. I just walk out the back door and pee on the side of the house instead of peeing in the toilet. Yeah. Just because you walk right past the toilet. Yeah, it's it. a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had that luxury. Like you can just piss in the hole in the basement, whatever. Well, you could sit on the it's kitchen sink now. and pee. It's over. <laughs> oh, so, you can't. So much athleticism involved. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to Street Fight radio uh you can find what we do on all social media tell somebody about it buy tickets to the live show buy cassette tapes that we got for jake you get bonus content we've got t-shirts we've got so much going on uh in this world but we most also of all have buy tickets yes <laughs> but which also you're doing a lot of uh patreon bonus stuff right oh yeah let me throw out some patreon stuff i got some announcements to make oh uh, March Madness with Colin Cowherd. Um, Josh Androsky about Colin Cowherd comes out next week. Uh, you know, the rest of the shows will be coming out through the month. And then on April 23rd, I believe, there will be a new Shocktober, non-canon Shocktober. And then 
directly fall no it'll be april 16th that well, something like that directly following that holy boys with me and tom uh and many guests i'm, I'm probably i'm definitely getting bread on this show tom it's saxon a, from the trailbillies talking about profit or pro mega church pastors P-R-O you'll be on it too that's a perfect brett pain uh Maybe we'll have you come on and talk Creflo Dollar with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I worked with a guy that grew up in his church. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Patreon. The Patreon is fun, and the mini series are just going to, I'm getting better and better at them. Yeah. Really good reviews for March Madness, episode one, Don Cherry. Yeah. So $5 a month gets you too. access to Holy Boys, American Podcasts, uh, March Madness, the sports show, Shocktober. You get Teen Fight Radio. All of that, it helps us keep this thing rolling. It helps us get employ people and spread the wealth around so that we can keep growing this thing bigger and bigger until we're the mainstream and we're bullying all these fucking conservatives and Democrats and telling them what to fucking do and telling, having them lick our boots. <laughs> we'll see you on Wednesday. We're Street Fight. Peace.